Are you ready? Sure. What are you getting? Well, I'm getting a bounce. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lightness within it as well. Interesting. Yeah. You know, just, honey, it's a yeah. very tricky color, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Terry and I worship an unconventional deity, the power of another dimension. Now, you're not going to read about this dimension in a book or in a magazine or uh, in a newspaper uh, because it doesn't exist anywhere except in my own mind. Well, this is the David Allen Show. We are having some more difficulties because apparently David's headphones aren't working. Well, I can hear you. Well, you can hear the microphone? Well, I can hear you talk. But, thank you. <laughs> but I can't hear anything else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's find Send us one. money. <clears throat> we'll be able to fix it, right? Okay. He was doing, he was gesturing and... Yeah, I can, can you hear? Did you them? No, if, when you fiddled with that, you could hear. See what I'm saying? You get the point. How about now? Can you hear me? Oh, thank, yeah. thanks, Dad. Anytime, son. <laughs> or whatever, son. Son. Do 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 do. All right. This is the David Allen Show. Uh, David Allen Show.com, episode number 18. 18? 18, 18. 18. And today. Today. Today is June 9th. Man, June 9th. June 9th. I can't believe it. We're running with Sans one computer, two computers, actually. So this could be a f fun show, <laughs> perhaps. I don't think that word means what you think it means. You don't think fun is correct? Well, no, I think it will be. Oh, well, I hope it will be. See, we, we believe in um, broadcasting excellence. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're excellence. going for. <laughs> Compared to uh, what? I have no idea. <clears throat> uh, probably compared to the pre-radio years. Wait, that was like the caveman era. No, no, it would have been more. Well, I'm sure there are still people living in caves. Um, but <laughs> you sure there are? I'm sure there are too. Yeah, somewhere. I mean Afghanistan somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, uh, since we've talked, uh, last Thursday, yes, which mm -hmm. we had a a Skype version of the show last Thursday. Yeah, so it's kind of fun. Kind of. <laughs> um, a couple things have taken place in our world. Uh, do you know the the big one? Uh, uh the Hillster. Got all the delegates supposedly. Um, it was it was reported that 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 she has has that yes, which I think is absolute. Oops, absolutely fascinating because the AP came out on Monday night. Oh yeah, primaries happened on Tuesday the seventh yeah. in California. Not a small state. Mm -hmm. Kind of a big deal. Um. Well, let's not confuse the the facts with anything else. They have an agenda <laughs> that has to be uh, uh, abided by. Abided by, mm. and uh, so yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find the the spot I need to be about the 
the uh the the hillster oh yeah um you know th- the truth of the matter though i think is there's no way she has all the votes the delegate votes until the convention which is sometime in july i think the democratic convention Okay. I think. <laughs> you don't know this? No. <laughs> I, I I mean, it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, you know she's going to get it. And uh, the Bernie supporters are going to whine, and probably rightfully so, but they don't run the Democratic Party, and, you know, there you go. Well, uh, Obama apparently had a phone call conversation with Bernie recently. What? And today, <clears throat> Obama <throat> came out officially endorsing Clinton. Well, of course he did. So. Yeah. I just want to know how long it's going to be until Bernie throws all of his support behind her. Oh, it'll happen. Yeah, absolutely, it'll happen. You've mm-hmm. you've seen all the the mess with everybody. Yeah, like oh, Hillary's terrible, and and Bernie himself has kind of called her out as being too connected and too part of the establishment. Of course. Which, if you kind of go back eight years, she <laughs> she was pretty brutal to Obama. Yeah, and then turned out to be his best friend and they like were lovers or something weird oh uh, okay <laughs> i'm gonna lay down now <laughs> the blood just left me oh my goodness well, let's think happy thoughts okay <laughs> i did find this little uh gem though they're likers because clinton uh hillary clinton has really been known for like speaking the truth a lot and i think truth. right what right um what <laughs> like hillary's been known for Actually, like, telling truths a lot. So you're saying she's oh, not oh, a big liar. Oh, that's not, that she must not be a liberal. Uh-huh. Because the, the oh, what is it? The the language of liberals is, again. Uh, lies. Oh, lies. Yep. Yes. <clears throat> yep. Yep. It is a horrible, um, horrible lies. Tr- I don't know if this is a Trump ad. Uh, Rebuilding America Now is an anti-Hillary super PAC. They put out an ad. Which, let's just listen to it. It's just Bill and Hillary. That's it. But <laughs> it's kind of scary. I want to say one thing. We turned over everything. I want you to listen to me. I did not. I did not. I did not send classified material. Not a single time. And I did not receive. Never. Any material that was marked or designated classified. I never told anybody to lie. That, that's all I could say. These allegations are false. I, I don't know how it works digitally at all. I do Rebuilding America Now PAC is responsible for the content of this message. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Nothing like just uh, putting uh, Bill's lies next to Hillary's lies. Huh. And then as that ended, it folded down on the screen said, same old, same old, same old, same old. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I would add, though, that uh, most of the rhinos are just as big of liars as... Oh, Hillary. you bet. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, oh, not that blatant. Oh, Bill, I, I want the American people to listen to me. I want you to listen to me. Performative. Okay. I want you to listen to me. I actually have one leg and three arms. I'm I mean, a shape-shifting lizard. <laughs> <clears throat> I just thought that was fun. Wow! Yeah, I uh, I think Hillary and 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 Bill, I, I Bill Billary, we like. Yeah, Billary. Mm-hmm. I'm still. I I I got to prepare myself for this this election because the last either way it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I mean I I 
when when Obama was reelected, mm-hmm. um, it was just four more years of the same old, same old. Yeah, and uh, I can't tell you the horror I'm going to feel <laughs> if Hillary gets gets elected because at that point, at least in my mind, it's over. You mean the world? Well, I or... mean the U.S. Uh, the way that because you mean the foundation. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean fundamentally, and I I know what's coming. It it's it it's it's a like a, a cancer patient who's got a terminal illness, and they're getting closer and closer to death, and then it's any day now. Yeah, and then they die, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I f- I feel like we're getting closer and closer, and then there's going to be that moment where. I'm not saying that the nation will die, but I. It's it's going to be horrible. I mean, if if Hillary can get elected, if Hillary can get elected, I my main assumption is that everything is irrevocably rigged, <clears throat> because there's so many people that are uh, supporting Trump that I I can't for the life of me. Imagine even half of the Bernie supporters going after Hillary. Because when you look Hillary and Trump, um, Trump is just upfront about what he believes and mm-hmm. what well, I wouldn't say upfront, but he doesn't back down. The stuff he says is bold and yes. bombastic. Hillary uh by any account I mean, she's not she's not um likable. And there's something about Trump that has this kind of rogue, kind of funny, he's going to do whatever he's going to do. And it's what you, it feels like what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. With Hillary, it's definitely not what you see is what you get. What you see is the opposite of what you're going to get. <laughs> well, so, what you see is what she wants you to see today. Yeah, today. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I find it very difficult to believe that if Bernie doesn't get the nomination, which he won't. If Hillary gets a nomination and Trump gets a nomination, I find it really hard to believe that Trump is going to lose unless unless they have video of him doing, you know, uh, killing somebody or, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, something horrific like out of Silence of the Lambs. If that doesn't happen, I just don't see how he can be how how he can win and if he does win then it just at least in my mind it solidifies my fears of the direction that we're going that it's irrevocable and it's just now it's now we're going to go downhill now we're going to pick up speed okay so either one either way it goes well no well hillary oh oh, oh you said him so sorry the same thing <laughs> well but but like with trump mm-hmm. it it won't feel as as final to me I'm, and I'm just saying me. Right. I I I do think that if Hillary wins the morning after when I wake up, I'm going to go I I can't believe that happened. That shock mm-hmm. that a loved one died or But um, didn't you kind of well I had that same kind of feeling after Barry won the second time. I did too. I I, I, I did was, too. I was sure that the American public like cuz I still kind of hold to the idea that if America as a whole 
actually voted, yes, there's no way a Democrat would win ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think a lot of a lot of voters just don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, I'm to the point where I'm so frustrated by the just a blatant lying from the departments. I mean, the State Department. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. It's blatant, yeah. and no one is asking them. You know, old John Kirby, State Department spokeshole. His binder is nuts. It's huge of all his talking points. Someone needs to say, hey, John, is every page in there a lie? But no one has the courage to say that. Yeah, they're calling him out on the the back and forth with this um, editing issue that they had, which it's kind of funny to watch. I watched a 45-minute press conference the other day. Just to watch that. It was like 25 or almost 30 minutes of it mm-hmm. was dedicated to them just ripping him apart with because it's insane But what the, the position they take. But don't you think that the, uh, uh, the reporters that are there typically do their reporting out of the Beltway, out of the D.C. area? Mm-hmm. So they're around that all the time. Yeah. So they don't. It's not crazy to them because it's it, it to me it would be the same way as a reporter who covered uh, celebrities in L.A. Um, the craziness that goes on. I mean, we look in and go, "That is obscene. entertainment tonight." Yeah, entertainment tonight. But it's normal to them. It's like it's this desensitization that happens. Mm-hmm. And I know I've talked about it before <clears throat> about um, watching a, a movie, um, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Watching mm-hmm. that that first scene, being horrified, I saw it after I got out of the Marine Corps, and I thought, if I had seen this before, I, you know, I, I'm I'm ashamed to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyways. <laughs> the movie that did the most to get me into the Marine Corps was Heartbreak Ridge, with Clint Eastwood. I don't know that one. Now, it was like super cool. It was about Force Recon and. <clears throat> Um, which are kind of like seals, sort of, but they're in the Marine Corps. And now, when I watch it, I I think I I must have been one of the dumbest people in the world <laughs> to go in after watching this movie because it is so stupid and so lame. Um, and if I would have seen Saving Private Ryan, I wouldn't have joined the Marine Corps. Maybe the Air Force. Um, <laughs> go Air Force. Um, <clears throat> Up, up and away in my beautiful. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> um, or I, or I could have been a a, a Navy seaman, or <clears throat> or an Army. So I wouldn't have been a soldier. Um, I would have been yeah. But anyways, um, but after I saw it, and I've seen some other movies, when I go back and watch it again, mm-hmm. none of the horror. Oh, I saw a video. Um, one of the first hostages that was like decapitated on video. Is that Danny Pearl? No, it was oh. after. It was right after that. Okay, I saw it horrified by it. Mm-hmm. Horrified. I mean, sick to my stomach practically. I saw another one similar to that. I mean, it was horrible, but the, it's not so shocking anymore. It's not shocking anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, the reporters in the Beltway. They have to be desensitized to it. They have to assume that you're going to lie. Mm-hmm. It's just they get shocked when it's like a blatant lie, like an obvious lie. Then they get a little shocked. But I don't 
I mean, how could you, how could you be a reporter and be employed for more than 15 minutes if mm-hmm. you call them out on every lie? I mean, first of all, you would never be invited back to uh, to talk to them. Mm-hmm. You would never get back to the State Department to report on it. Uh, it's just some of those blatant things that the average, even the average numbskull would see it and go, that was a lie, you know? <laughs> You'd think. But then, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, we watched how many? 13 minutes of Hillary lying the other day? One of our shows. Yeah, she asked yeah. some specific things very quickly. One, this was tried yesterday. To t- uh, calm Democrats' fears that there isn't going to be another shoe dropping. What basis did you tell this radio station, 1070 Radio, on Friday, that there is absolutely no possibility of an indictment? Has anybody from the it, DOJ it talked to you or your representatives? I will repeat what I said. That I'll, is not I'll going tell you to the happen. lie. There again. is no basis for it, and I'm looking forward oh. to this being wrapped up. He's, you have said she I went on talk Fox to News. Anytime, yeah, yeah you didn't barely. Talk to the yeah, state she did IG, just a couple days ago. Uh, state Department IG, and neither did any of your uh, aides. Um, why not? And would you talk to the Judicial Watch deposition that they're asking for? The State Department IG, though, wanted to talk to you, and you didn't want to do that. It, it it just didn't even it, it did, it, what they wanted to ask we'd already talked about talked about uh, in the public arena and you know look I think that report I just want to press report on the- actually uh, supported what I have been saying for years uh, the silent slave well, you said hundreds of people knew about left. the private email the and they said it was it used didn't, by didn't. other secretaries of state uh, no it wasn't it was Hillary mistake. Trump has said he's clearly going to be focusing on the Clinton Foundation last night he said and i quote the russians the saudis the chinese all gave money to the foundation and quote got favorable treatment in return foundation has obviously raised huge sums of money for worthy causes it's always not been transparent though tens of millions of dollars have come from a canadian partnership whose donors can remain secret there was a large donation from algeria that wasn't submitted to the state department for approval if you're president will your husband divest himself of any association (laughs) with the foundation But some nope. big donors clearly want the association with you or your husband that being linked to the foundation gives them. As president, obviously it's vital that you or certainly your husband not appear to be in any way compromised. So I guess, have you considered the idea of him stepping down? <laughs> she didn't answer that. Nope. She just looked like she was dead. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, uh, again... I don't know how, though. I mean, the only way it seems to me that she could get elected <clears throat> is if they uh, fiddle with the uh, the uh, voting machines and whatnot, you know. And if they do that and she is elected, I don't know. God help us, because I, it it. It seems patently obvious to me that they could have gotten somebody more likable than her. But it was her turn. She's owed it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Isn't that kind of how they look at it? It's her. It's it's she's up. Yeah. I mean, Mitt Romney was up. It was his turn, but that didn't work out very well because the uh, the <laughs> apparently the it was rigged the other way. Well, yeah. I. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm I'm going to be horrified if uh, if she wins. Horrified, I tell you, horrified. 
apparently Dr. Jill Stein, who was, I think she, I think she actually may have been the first female to be nominated by a, a, a party now, the Green Party. I don't know how major that is. Okay, but, that's not. Well, okay, that's not but, even. That's but she, like, anyway, people are saying that Hillary can't do that because she uh, can't do what? Because she can't claim the title because Jill Stein already has it. Well, she wants Bernie Sanders to come to the Green Party. Yeah. Which, it, if you think about it, isn't a hor- horrible idea. Yeah. But if not, I mean, all that does is takes votes away from the Hillster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's sure not going to take votes away from from Trump. I don't think. Will it? Or do you think Democrats just don't? They would never not vote Democrat. I almost think that's the case. They just there's no way they would vote anything else. I yeah. I don't think I don't think they would. Um, with Bernie Sanders. You're not going to draw away any conservatives to Bernie Sanders. The people that are going to be drawn to Bernie Sanders are young people that that are <laughs> just mindless Sorry. sheep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that just hear what he has to say, and they don't even don't even think mm-hmm. free uh, free college. Um, really. So I I, I watch this. Um, this video by Bill Whittle, and he talked about it, <clears throat> about Bernie Sanders and his uh, pledge to to give uh, give uh, the millennial generation free college. And his question was, so if that happens, are all the professors going to work for free? Right. Um, every time they turn on the air conditioning, is that they don't have to pay for that? Uh <clears throat> You don't have to pay that no, that person but to. Bernie's idea is r- fleece the rich to pay for it, mm-hmm. like an added tax on rich people. How many rich people are going to have left? I, I, it, there won't be. I mean, I again. I mean, it's 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 communism, socialism. Um, Seems successful. Yeah, it, it really worked for the uh, for the Russians. Just go ask them. <laughs> yeah, just just go, you know that whole '90s thing that 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 was that mm-hmm, that went well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this story written two days ago, last night, you may have seen the surprising news first reported by the AP and then transmitted like a virus to every other major news outlet that Hillary Clinton clinched the Democratic presidential nomination. To do so, she had to surpass the 2,383 delegate mark just over the halfway point for the 4765 total delegates available. Once she reached that milestone, it became mathematically impossible for anyone to beat her. For those readers blessed with political savvy, something about the timing of the story might strike you as strange. How, you might ask yourself, Uh could Hillary Clinton win on Monday night? There was no primary or caucus on Monday night, and as such, there were no delegates available on Monday night. So what happened? Did Alabama cheat and hold a secret second primary? Nope. What happened is that one AP reporter, Stephen Olemacher, called up some superdelegates, those party bigwigs whose influence in the primary is both undemocratic and overly stifling, and extracted their commitment to support Clinton at the convention. With those new superdelegate supporters, he padded his numbers and essentially manufactured a Monday night win hours ahead of his competitors. This all went down on the eve of the last major set of primaries when states like California and New Jersey were set to vote and play a major role in determining the mood of July's national convention. The AP announcement was perfectly timed if the goal was to have a 
chilling effect on those voters. So to recap, we live in a democracy where a victory can be declared not after a vote, but after a national reporter calls up a collection of mayors, congressmen, or whoever else and badgers them until they say, yes, fine, I'm supporting Hillary. Even if that exact outcome was bound to happen down the line, the inescapable truth is that Olamacher created this victory from a few phone calls, and as a citizen, that should make you want to scream. Now let's give the point missers a chance for a predictable rebuttal. Quote, Hillary Clinton won the primary because she had more votes. End quote. That's true, point misser, <laughs> but you've missed the point. Sure, Hillary has more votes, and yes, she was going to win eventually, and even though I think this will dampen turnout in today's primary states, it might have even annoyed her camp that the AP essentially scooped their dramatic Tuesday victory moment. The point is not that this hurts Sanders, or even it's a per or even that it's a purposeful conspiracy. Which the, it is. The point is that we're living in an effed up system where the absurd has become the new normal at every step in the process. And the mainstream media has been utterly complicit in the corruption. Before the first votes ever took place, Clinton had a huge lead over Sanders because of the superdelegates. And almost every major media outlet included these vote totals in the overall tally without explaining what exactly was going on, even though the DNC told them not to. Why would the party's ruling body take this step? Because superdelegates don't vote until the convention, so their preference is entirely hypothetical. Unlike primary and caucus voters whose choices are locked in, superdelegates can change their minds. Things can happen, like another candidate winning the popular vote and the supers thinking, gee, maybe we shouldn't subvert the will of the people. Oh, wait, they won't do that. See Clinton v. Obama in 2008. Or someone could get indicted or die or whatever. But when Sanders won New Hampshire to take a lead in, quote, pledge delegates, which is another term for actual votes by actual people, Almost every mainstream outlet, TV and newspaper both, reported Clinton holding a 431 to 50 delegate lead. <laughs> Many of them also led with the story that she had, quote, won New Hampshire 15 to 13 because of superdelegates, even though Sanders had scored an overwhelming victory at the ballot box. Now, not only was that wildly offensive to anyone who believes in democracy, but it actively stacked the deck against Sanders, creating the perception that even if he prevailed in the overall vote count, he couldn't win. Was that the only factor in his loss to Clinton? Of course not. But anyone who denies that it was a factor is deluding themselves. To anyone watching and supporting Sanders, it looked a sort of, it looked a sort of unconscious collusion between the media and the Democratic Party power structure. Finally, past the point when it, was, when it even mattered, many outlets began to explain the distinction between pledged delegates and superdelegates and to adjust their counts accordingly, but the fact that it took so insanely long before the mainstream journalists understood why this was necessary was maddening and showed the rest of us how complicit they were in the lazy horse race coverage that the establishment prefers. So let's turn back to Stephen Olemacher, the man who manufactured last night's win. Here was the lead of his story, co-written by three others. Quote, Striding into history, Hillary Clinton will become the first woman to top the presidential ticket of a major U.S. political party, capturing commitments Monday from the, num from the number of delegates needed to win the no Democratic nomination. No mention of how these commitments would could change, as they do all the time, 
or how they won't be official until the convention, and how the Tuesday primaries still matter. The headline may as well have said, California, don't bother. Now, a lot of people will say the old, that Olamacher was just doing his job. Garbage. The comedy of this whole thing is that the rush to print the article was purely a function of a single reporter or a single wire service showing off. There is no actual news value here. If the shocking news peg is about the, quote, presumptive nominee, we've known it would be Hillary for a long time. This is not significant. This is the journalistic equivalent of some needy lip <laughs> lick spittle on the message board thread typing first. The really amazing part, though, is how proud they were to the AP. This was the water, the new Watergate. What? Philip Crowther quoted, this is Stephen Tapp, Stephen A. Tapp, the Associated Press journalist whose tireless phone calls to delegates made headlines tonight. Picture of the guy. Stephen Olamarker tweeted, Super Dells, I promise to stop calling you 6x a day AP count. Clinton has super delegates to win Democratic nomination. Good work. This guy and all his acolytes actually believe this is good journalism. It's not. Good journalism would be exposing a corrupt system and explaining to the public exactly how they're getting screwed. This is not only accepting that system, but validating it by playing a cute, pointless game without its within its crooked parameters. It's lackey journalism disguised as something important. It's also one of the most naked examples we've seen of the unconscious collusion mentioned before. The mainstream media carrying water. Whoa, whoa, unconscious? Un I would say it's Unconscious collusion. It's completely conscious. Well, probably. The mainstream media carrying water. Probably? For, es <laughs> for establishment interests. And in the end, it's nothing more than the work of a horse race apparatchik, either too blind or too craven, to report something worthwhile. Huh. So, Hillary's going to win. Oh, she already won, apparently. So, because of that, you know, it's, it's presumed. All that's presumed. So, I, I'm, I'm wondering why they haven't called the election yet. Well, this, that's what's funny. Um, there was a picture on the face bag. Facebook. Whatever you want to call it. Same thing. Uh, picture of <laughs> the Golden State Warriors, like, it, like celebrating because they won. They won the second game. They blew out the Cleveland Cavaliers by 33 points, I think. Oh. Picture is, is that a lot? What? <laughs> <clears throat> yes, David, it's a lot. Oh, okay. So what that means, though, uh, they put pictures over this word. Warriors, presumptive NBA champions, AP says. Congratulations. <laughs> no, they were mocking it, oh, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. But that's the point. No, I mean, I. the, only, re the only reason I, <laughs> I mean, it was obvious that they were mocking, but. But. but Hillary was the winner, right? It says, the AP took a poll, and apparently you already won the champions. You are, you are already the champions. No need to even play the next few games. Yeah. And the next game, they got their butts kicked last night. So all that to say, the system is so above board. I love it. Hmm. Hmm. In hmm. <laughs> insert sarcasm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
<clears throat> oh, this just in. It's been denied, of course. But apparently, Richard Simmons has been missing. Like, oh. AWOL for a oh, while. Oh, yeah. Yes! Word on the street is he's transitioning into a woman. Really? That, <laughs> now, that that would not shock me. <clears throat> no, no. However, his rep uh, says it's not true and a complete fabrication. Which, who knows? I just thought it was funny because it's been a question with him for years. <laughs> That's like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I'm trying to think of a of a good question like that. That's um. <laughs> oh, I got nothing. It's basically it's it's questioning whether or not you know water's wet. <clears throat> so from what I can tell, this is true. <clears throat> Buzzfeed withdraws from RNC advertising agreement due to Trump. They compare him to cigarettes. For a liberal media that bemoans the idea of businesses and corporations being considered, quote, people, post-Citizens United, BuzzFeed decided that they would cancel the Republican National Committee's advertising for their site due to Donald Trump's candidacy threatening, quote, the freedoms of our employees in the United States and around the world. What? Politico cited the ad buy as $1.3 million with BuzzFeed CEO and founder Jonah Peretti telling employees in a letter that his site would not be, quote, promoting things that limit our freedom and make it harder for his employees to live their lives. Peretti also revealed that the RNC had planned to, quote, spend a significant amount on political advertisements slated to run during the fall election cycle. <gasps> no! But was now being erased simply because of the liberal site's disgust with Trump's controversial policies and rhetoric. Quote, The tone and substance of his campaign are unique in the history of modern U.S. politics. Trump advocates banning Muslims from traveling to the U.S. He's threatened to limit the free press and made offensive statements toward women, immigrants, descendants of immigrants, and foreign nationals, he complained. BuzzFeed CEO assured the staff that he, quote, don't need to and do not expect to agree with the positions or values of all our advertisers and will have, quote, have no influence on our continuing coverage of the campaign. <laughs> but the ceasing of the RNC's ad buy somehow warranted an exception. To further illustrate this case of corporate liberalism that's become rampant over the past year, Peretti closed by comparing Trump to cigarettes. He said, we certainly don't like to turn away revenue that funds all the important work we do across the company. However, in some cases, we must make business exceptions. We don't run cigarette ads because they are hazardous to our health. And we won't accept Trump's ads for the exact same reason. John Leffler uh, calls that the comma butts. Huh? Uh, Explain that. It is... Um, we believe in free speech, comma, but... Oh, right, right, right. Yes. So uh, if you're a fan of BuzzFeed, you, you shouldn't be. Uh, stop listening to it. No, I know. You can... <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sorry. That's not That's not right. That's not any... I mean, I don't... I think that there should be a, a, a free interchange of ideas. Doesn't doesn't matter. It's just... it It annoys me. It really and this sort of stuff just drives me crazy, because um, uh, the arrogance 
uh, just is is maddening to yeah. me. Yeah. <clears throat> this is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. This is the David Allen Show. David Allen Show. dot com. Woo! And a friend sent me a a news article um, from McKinney, Texas, and um, it's about uh, Larissa Martinez. She's uh, Mar- Martinez. Wow, you did that roll of the mm-hmm. R's very good. Right. <coughs> yeah, <clears throat> I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um. A speech impediment. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, she's a valedictorian at McKinney Boyd High School. Um, she held a 4.95 GPA and took 17 AP whoa, classes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't 4.0 on the top? That's what I thought. Wow. So that's like super GPA. Um, 
I don't know if that's I don't yeah I don't know. It seems to me that things have changed, so I'm assuming that's good. That's I suppose that's like getting 120 percent on your test. Um, I don't know. That's when I, I sorry side note. I love when I hate actually when people say give 110 percent. I'm giving 110 percent. No, you're not. No, you're not. You would be dead. Yeah. Yeah, you gave a hundred, maybe a hundred percent, and that that's good. Go for that. Great. Hundred and ten is insane. Two hundred percent. No, you didn't. Yeah, I think. Um, I also think it's funny when people say, "Well, thanks a lot, Captain Obvious," just because if they were, if they if they had this superpower about being obvious, they wouldn't be called Captain. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> Because they're not. Dude, just be obvious? <laughs> yeah. <What? laughs> uh, anyways. Um, uh, anyways, this valedictorian, um, she crafted her words and sentences carefully before making the speech at her graduation. And she told everybody that she is... She was a boy? An undocumented oh. immigrant. What? So how long has she been at this school? She's been in the U.S. for six years. The family left Mexico City in 2010. Both um, They arrived on a tourist visa and came over by plane. They put in an application for citizenship almost seven years ago and are still waiting for it to be processed. Okay. Well, so before they got here, they, yeah. put it, they applied. Yep, and then okay. they got a tourist visa. Then there's a problem if it's taken this long. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So... She gives this um, valedictorian speech, and uh, what'd she say? Um, She said, America can be great again without the construction of a wall built on hatred and prejudice. Um, Anyways, she got a uh, standing ovation, and she has a full-ride scholarship to Yale. She's hoping to enter the pre-med program and ultimately become a neurosurgeon. Now, <clears throat> people are going to look at this. The thing that bothers me about this is not necessarily the fact that she's an undocumented um, immigrant. And um, I think there are tons of wonderful, hardworking Hispanic people that come up here and and want to uh, attain the American dream, come up here to, to want to... Um, be productive members of society. And I think, uh, you know, and, and I'm speaking out of ag- ignorance here, um, but it seems to me that if there should be some clear pathways to citizenship if you want to do it, if you can come over here and you can be productive. And uh, things like, uh, I know they've done this in the past, where you sponsor people, you need a sponsor over here who will, and um, it should be things like when they come over here, they're not eligible uh, for welfare or or uh, anything like that until they become a citizen. Now, to me, that's reasonable, and I think most people would be would be for that. And if you do come over here, um, there are you know I don't know maybe maybe not quarterly, but annually you have to meet with somebody uh, to show you know uh, that you're progressing, that you have a job that um, you're a productive member of society, and you're moving on to become a citizen. I don't believe that you should come here 
with no intention necessarily of being a citizen unless you have like a three-month visa or whatever. You're here for three months to work and then you go back. Okay. Now, I, f I firmly, I, I don't have any problem with somebody coming over. The thing, the thing that bothers me is that they're going to, I know they're going to use her as the exception when they try to push down um, mass immigration to the American people. They're going to say kind of like um, what they do with this abortion. This is a big fat success story. This isn't a, a successful, this is somebody that you want to come to America. This is somebody you want to be a citizen. Um, because she's smart, she's successful, she works hard. Um, uh, her family lives in a humble one-bedroom apartment in McKinney. So this is a young lady who worked hard to become valedictorian. She, I mean, one-bedroom apartment. Uh, some people, that would be like, you know, torture. Um, <clears throat> but she did all this, and that's great. She should be celebrated for that. However... This this is the thing that sticks in the craw of a lot of conservatives, and I can understand it, is that she's not here legally. Um, and it's a dilemma. I mean, it is a dilemma. However, that's not the biggest thing that bothers me. Like I said, the biggest thing that bothers me about this is that the uh, the progressive is going to say, how can you be against immigration? Look at this wonderful young lady. And, it, and if we would have done things your way, she never would have had these wonderful opportunities. And look, she wants to be a neurosurgeon. She might save your child's life someday. And she wouldn't have been able to if you hadn't been so mean and vicious. <clears throat> and again, it, it goes back to you're um, promoting something based upon the exception rather than the rule. And it, you should never do anything based upon the exception, but upon the rule. You should allow opportunities. You should allow exceptions, but things shouldn't be based upon exceptions. And that's what they're going to do. And they're going to um, to use this example, which is, I, I, I'm positive that if they can uh, promote her across the U.S., they will. Because she's a she's a, like 18 years old. She's young. She's beautiful. She's very intelligent. And she's a valedictorian. She's hardworking. She's everything that you would want as an American, except she's undocumented. Why do we have laws? Yeah. I would totally agree that there's <clears throat> there's definitely a place, obviously, to bring in, you know, to allow people from other societies and other countries mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. No issue with that. Mm -hmm. But we do have a series of laws. Yep. And if we don't like the current system, it's not, okay, if we're going to go back to fairness, which everyone yells and screams about, it's not fair to allow a certain segment of people to buck the system. True. And disregard the law that exists. True. Because I don't get to do that. Mm -hmm. True. Because, I mean, it's really a form of theft to allow undocumented, illegal people that are not supposed to be here to come in. It's like me going to the grocery store when they're closed. I'm not supposed to be there, but I, but I need food. I'm hungry. So then I just take stuff and then leave. And it wouldn't matter if you put money on, the, on no. the counter to pay for no. it. You're breaking that's and entering. A, that, that's it's, a crime. It's right. a crime. Yeah. That's my issue. 
we have laws. Let's follow them. If we don't like them, change the law. I'll mm-hmm. go, go for it. No, mm-hmm. no big deal. Change it. But don't uh, don't flout the law. Well, like in this example, uh, Obama or somebody from INS could say this was an oversight. You should have. This should have been fast tracked a long time ago. The yep. very least, you should have yep. had a green card. Here we're going to do it, and then move forward. I mean, because you can make exceptions about it. And, I mean, there was a guy, uh, I don't know, it was uh, somewhere in the northeast, I believe. He uh, he was a fugitive from justice. He, ran, he broke out of a prison from Georgia like 50 years ago, moved to somewhere like New Hampshire, lived there for like 50 years, and as a fugitive under a, 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 a different name, and... He got lax, and he applied for Social Security under his his original name. It got flagged. They're going to come up and grab him, bring him back. <clears throat> um, now, people will go, okay, well, yeah, he's a fugitive from justice, whatever. But he's been living a productive life for 50 years. So it's it's one of those things where where you have to balance it. And sometimes an exception is not a bad idea. But that does not mean that you let every fugitive go free just because yeah, that they might can be, become the rule. Yes, exactly. And um, that's what bothers me about this. In, in the same way with a fugitive, mm-hmm. you're not going to say that all fugitives of justice should be allowed. To get out. Yeah, to <laughs> or, get out to free. Leave, right. yeah. um, you should not allow... Every d- undocumented alien to just come and go ha- however they please. Mm-hmm. But again, and 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 I I com- I completely believe that the progressives want it this way. Don't want exceptions. They want the law to be like this, so that they can use it to um to undermine what it means to be a citizen and to use um use these people for their own purposes um both with voting and other things um when you could easily you could easily make exceptions make qualified exceptions you could create a uh, uh a department whose job is to track these people um i mean we spend trillions of dollars every year on duplicated programs here and there why not get rid of some consolidate it and actually keep track of people that come over and then have a firm pathway um to if not citizenship at least um um like a green card i know that if you're from canada if you're if you're a white person from canada with a college degree, you you have a very difficult time getting a green card coming to America. But the thing is, if you're well educated and you're from Canada, you're gonna go. You're you're uh, you're not gonna break the law. You're gonna go through the proper channels. Mm-hmm. And in spite of having everything that uh, America would want for a citizen. Um, they still have to h- jump through numerous amount of hoops. However, if you come from Mexico or from South America or from China or from the Middle East, you can just come on over, 
sneak in, don't have to go through any hoops, and if you are picked up, no big deal. And you can still go and get uh, welfare, WIC, um, the whole nine yards, where somebody that we would want as a citizen has the uh, <clears throat> has the uh, the the ethical framework that they're not going to break the law. Those are the people that are not getting into the country easily. Yeah. DavidAllenShow.com. is the David Allen Show, episode number 18. Let's find June 9. Holy cow. Today, today, today was kind of warm outside. Yeah. I think oh. summer is here, or at least officially or not, summer is here. Uh, if you're interested, davidallenshow.com. We are on iTunes at David Allen Show. Uh, we're also on the Facebook, the Facebooks at David Allen Show. Uh, if you want to donate to the cause, just send us a message at davidallenshow at gmail.com, uh, and <clears throat> we will gladly take your money. <laughs> if you like, maybe if you don't like what we do, if you want us to shut up, pay us. <laughs> For a thousand dollars, we won't we won't It'll post anything next week. We'll be very quiet. All right, so I found this article. I haven't decided what I think about it or if it's real or nothing, but. Um, I thought it was kind of, well, kind of special. 
much scientists. Like, much like yourself. Scientists, which when you say that, it means truth, I think. Right? You mean... Uh, uh, like the word scientist. Oh, oh truth teller. Is yeah, what that means? They're... they're uh, they're they're investigating, trying to find truth. Investigating. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So scientists, truth people, have discovered a powerful new strain of fact-resistant humans, who are threatening the ability of Earth to sustain life. A sobering new study reports. They're what? What are they? Fact-resistant humans. The research conducted by the University of Minnesota identifies a virulent strain of humans who are virtually immune to any form of verifiable knowledge, leaving scientists at a loss as to how to combat them. Quote, These humans appear to have all the faculties necessary to receive and process information. Davis Longson, Longsden, one of the scientists who contributed to the study, said, And yet, somehow, they have developed defenses that, for all intents and purposes, have rendered those faculties totally inactive. More worryingly, Logsden said, As facts have multiplied, their defenses against those facts have only grown more powerful. While scientists have no clear understanding of the mechanisms that prevent the fact-resistant humans from absorbing data, they theorize that the strain may have developed the ability to interpret, intercept, and discard information en route from the auditory nerve to the brain. Quote, The normal functions of human consciousness have been completely nullified. Logsdon said. While reaffirming the gloomy assessments of the study, Logsdon held out hope that the threat of fact-resistant humans could be mitigated in the future. Quote, Our research is very preliminary, but it's possible that they will become more receptive to facts once they are in an environment without food, water, or oxygen. Huh. <clears throat> And where'd that come from? Uh, is that a website called Ancient Origin? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, I've met a, I've met a quite a few of people like that. Fact resistant. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Here's something else that'll throw you off. <clears throat> well, if it'll load, it will. Maybe. Hello. Hi. How are you? How are you? I'm good. This is dynamite. Like ah. literally dynamite? Ah. <laughs> it it going to blow up. And 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 what's dynamite? Yeah. Yeah. This. Oh that. Oh that. Oh, hold on. A better thing to talk about, however, is the relationship between profits and cancer in the United States. Um, There was a study that was published, I believe it was in 1994. It was a 12-year program, 12-year study. They looked at adults who had developed cancer as an adult, not childhood cancer, but adult cancer, right? And this is the main types of cancer that we get here in the United States. They did a meta-analysis of these people all around the world who developed cancer as adults for 12 years and were treated with chemo. And they looked at the results and they published the results in the Journal of Clinical Oncology. And the results, 97% of the time, chemotherapy does not work. 97% of the time, it doesn't work. So why is it still used? It's one reason and one reason only. Money. 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 If you go to a medical doctor, an MD, (coughs) 
with a sinus infection, and that doctor prescribes an antibiotic. He gets no financial kickback. Now, if he prescribes 5,000, you know, of that antibiotic in one month, the drug company that makes it might send him to Cancun for a conference, right? <laughs> he gets no direct remuneration. It's oh. not with, with chemotherapeutic drugs. It's different. Really? Chemotherapeutic drugs are the only classification of drugs that the prescribing doctor gets a direct cut of. So if your doctor prescribes chemotherapy for you, here's how it goes, more or less. The doctor buys it from the pharmaceutical company for $5,000, sells it to the patient for $12,000, insurance pays $9,000, and the doctor pockets the $4,000 difference. And there ought to be a law. The only reason chemotherapy is used is because doctors make money from it, period. It doesn't work 97% of the time. If Ford Motor Company made an automobile that exploded 97% <laughs> of the time, would they still be in business? No. This is uh, the tip of the iceberg of the control that the pharmaceutical industry has on us. We, most people have no idea of this at all. Now, I wrote a book. It's called The MD Emperor did. Has No <laughs> Clothes. Right? In my book, I have a bulleted list of 10 questions that every cancer patient should ask their doctor. 10 questions. I've had patients kicked out, literally, kicked out of the oncologist's office because the doctor was PO'd that the patient was asking them these questions. And these are just common sense questions. Like what? Tell us. Cancer treatment in the United States, we have lost the war on cancer. We have lost the war on cancer. Why? Because it's lucrative. cancer is not a reductionistic phenomenon. Cancer is a holistic phenomenon. And when you try to bring a reductionistic methodology like drugs and surgery to bear on a holistic phenomenon, you will completely miss the boat each and every time. You cannot do it. Medical doctors are like colorblind art critics. Ooh. <laughs> they can see that that's a boat. Oh, man. They can see the black and white outline. But they're completely blind to all of the colors and textures that make up the substance of the thing. It's no difference with cancer. The reason that people get cancer in the United States and the reason that we have completely lousy outcomes is because medical doctors are driving the research bus. When women get together and do a 5K run for breast cancer, all of that money, do you think any of that money goes to nutritional research? Do you think no, any of that money no, goes no. to homeopathic <coughs> research, acupuncture, or traditional Chinese medicine, or naturopathic research? No. All of it goes to drugs and surgery, which do not work. Now, why aren't those women running for selenium? If every girl <laughs> in this country took 200 micrograms of selenium in one generation, we'd eliminate breast cancer by 82%. That's a big number. Bold Why aren't we doing that? Because medicine in the United States is a for-profit industry, and most people are completely unaware of this, and most people bow down to the altar of MD-directed high-tech medicine at their own demise. Hmm. <coughs> That's one take. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I would. Uh, 
I would like to fact check that. But the problem with fact checking checking it is, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the only <clears throat> I I do know that they did a a study with MDs, mm-hmm. and they asked the MDs uh, if you were diagnosed with cancer, uh, would you take chemotherapy? And like well over 80% said they would not take chemotherapy. The, the actual doctors that prescribe this? Well, uh, doctors. So it's oh, not, not necessarily oncologists, oncologists okay. but it could be family doctor, mm-hmm. people that, uh, doctors that actually deal with cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Like, uh, if I get cancer, I'm not... I'm not. Go- I'm not going to. Well, I think there are enough cases that I have that I know about of people that got diagnosed mm-hmm. and then had the had the means. Although, my goodness, if you take the t- standard treatment, you're gonna you don't have the means for that. Most people, anyway. Yeah. But they were able to change their lifestyle, change everything about what they ate, change the supplements they were taking, and the cancer is either gone or receding. It's not, it's not taking over and killing them, mm-hmm. but you go do chemo, you go do radiation. Uh, the, your body's natural defenses are just shot to death. Yeah. They're gone. And so then you end up potentially being dead from something else or being susceptible to. Well, it was, it was a my myriad of diseases. It was my you. understanding that chemo works once if it works. So, Maybe 1%. <laughs> well, but I mean, like, it'll you go into remission once, and then after that... Oh, it becomes back, chemo's not the answer. Yeah, chemo's not going to help. Hmm. One person commented. But yet, after chemo killed five of my family members, they still think it works. So why not take another family member to the same doctor yeah. and get the same chemo? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't know. I've not studied it deeply. I just know that... Big Pharma, the fact that they are, I think, the largest advertiser on cable television, I think, if, if not number two, they they are darn close. That alone means that nothing contrary is going to get out on any network news or cable news yeah. program. It's yeah. just not going to happen because yeah. they're paying for that news product. They're not paying for their product to get destroyed. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my niece passed away, uh, six years, you know, six and a half years ago from cancer and, uh, uh, it's, I mean, it, for the life of me, I, I don't know how they haven't found a cure yet. Well, if this guy, if this guy's right, there's a very big reason. Well, yeah, I mean, other sell. other other than that reason. Oh, okay. And especially when you're talking children, mm-hmm. um, if 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 that is the case, that they do have a cure, but they're um, but they're holding back for for you know profit reasons, um, they should be tried for war crimes. Ooh, crimes against crimes humanity. against humanity. You bet. And um, they should be they should be killed. Um, if that's the case. 
<sighs> yeah. It sounds like an action movie. Armed police and federal agents bust into a criminal hideout. Weapons drawn, bellowing commands. Bad guys scramble like eggs. Trouble is, the scenario isn't the stuff of movies or television. It is a case of the federal government invading private property in order to crush the voluntary sale and purchase of raw milk and food. Oh, yeah. Since the swearing-in of President Obama, the Federal Food and Drug Administration has been involved with at least 16 raids on private raw milk food farmers and sellers. And many critics of this repeated aggression could only post their evidence on sites such as YouTube. But on May 31, the Massachusetts State Senate Ways and Means Committee passed a bill that would free farm stand owners to sell raw milk and allow more raw milk producers to sell to retailers and consumers via contractual arrangements. It is a big step for traditionally st statist Massachusetts, Massachusetts politicians and marks another in a growing line of state legislatures that are pushing back against this stunning federal overreach. The Obama administration is not the first to send federal agents to harass raw milk and food sellers, but its intensely aggressive and malicious approach appears to reflect a heightened animosity toward cooperative gardens, small non-corporate farms, alternative approaches to nutrition, and the voluntary contract between consenting adults. There you go, right there. That, that's it, yes. Three of the most mind-boggling examples of the FDA under Obama come in what could be viewed as the most unlikely places. California hippies, Amish farmers, and a single mom raising goats. Let's go back to July 2010, and again in 11. This is one of my, the things that drives me to, well, almost to drink. Or fury. Fury, there you go, to madness. Is this idea that some bureaucrat knows what's best for me. And, and at the point of a gun, will force it down my throat. Or not down my throat, depending on the product. There's, there's two reasons. One of two reasons. Maybe both. Maybe just one. Um in my opinion, and it's either um, a large monopoly is threatened by a business practice or whatever, and so they're going to do everything they can to crush it. Um, I know back in the, um, you know, the teens and the 20s of the 20th century, um, like labor unions and whatnot would strike, and... Uh, uh, you know, the big oligarchies would send in their goons to go and break it up and they would they would uh, beat up or kill um, uh, the unions. Um, it's either that or like um, I just I just saw this article that said uh, in Suriname in South Africa back in the 80s, Reagan almost sent in almost invaded it with uh with the dutch because alcoa um aluminum yeah uh this this country had a lot of deposits and 
they were, what were they doing? They were increasing the taxes to try to get more money from this huge company. And that oh, huge and so they were going to bring in the the army, yes. the U.S. Army. Yes, to change um, the uh, the prime minister. Huh. And so, to me, bureaucrats are either an arm of that, or, <laughs> and I think this is the thing that's getting bigger and bigger in in America, is they are the substitute to uh, common sense. And common sense in the rule of law, common sense in society. Mm-hmm. At one at one point in time, you could make a deal with somebody; it would be a handshake. It and, meant something, and it meant something. And then, if the other person broke the deal, they would be ostracized p- potentially. It would be a shameful thing for them not to to have such little honor, not to uh, t- to fulfill their side of the bargain. At this point. You have to do. I mean, um, uh, if if somebody were to come to a photographer and say, "I want you to take pictures of my wedding," and it's a homosexual wedding, and you say no, well, you're going to get sued and probably have your business taken away from you mm-hmm. because there's no common sense anymore. There's no there's no common sense in law, so you have to have sentencing guidelines that are ridiculous. There's no common sense. Um, I know there's a there's a camp by where we live. For however many years, six, no, seventy plus years, uh, kids would go to camp every year, and they would have a blast. Now public health is saying, now kids, if you want to go to camp, you have to have a physical. Every kid has to have a physical, and not just have a physical. It's not they can't just have a physical that they get at the beginning of the year. No, it has to be within six months of them going like to specific camp. Specific for camp specific for camp a physical to what end so that is it just bribe money uh, so no no I, again this is that lack of common sense well you don't want a sick kid to come in and infect all the other kids maybe i do <laughs> maybe it'll help my kid get stronger yeah we'll, we'll call it uh chicken pox yes, camp yeah. yes <clears throat> um i mean what are the odds in america that something like that is going to happen but but because this bureaucrat says it mm-hmm. Thus saith the bureaucrat. <clears throat> and if you don't do it, well, then you can be fined. And if you don't do it, this can happen to you, and that can happen to you, and you might get sued, and this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> at, at one point, uh, like like for law enforcement, for example, if somebody was, uh, say, driving, uh, maybe there was a, a wedding, and... Somebody leaves the wedding and they're kind of swerving and they live two blocks away and a cop would pull them over and the cop knew them and knew that they were a good guy. They weren't a troublemaker. They would go, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to, you're going to park your car here and I'm going to give you a ride home. Mm-hmm. And you're not coming out. You can get your car in the morning and they go, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. End of story. That's called policing. That's policing. Mm-hmm. Uh, serve and protect. Now it's just straight law enforcement. Yeah, exactly. Now it is. There is no excuse. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what happened in your life. You are going to jail. You're going to jail. And I don't care. You're going to jail. Because and for the law enforcement, if they let that guy go and he turned around and and went into another car and plowed into you know a family and killed him, I mean, he mm-hmm. would get sued. He would get uh, potentially thrown in jail. Um, so so you can't. 
So you got you have bureaucrat after bureaucrat with no common sense, and all that matters is is are the rules. So little Tommy goes to school with a fingernail clipper. Yeah, Tommy's seven <laughs> years old, and obviously he was going to come and shoot up the place with mm-hmm. or um, uh, kill children with this. No, there's there's a little file in the end that looks like a knife. I'm sorry, you're suspended, Tommy, and it's going to go on your college record, so you're not going to get into a good right. school now. You know, I mean, it's absolutely outrageous. But the average idiot, nah, just goes along with it. So here's the question. If mandates of things, you know, thinking of going back to the government, bureaucrats mandating, Mm -hmm. you are not allowed. Mm -hmm. It is illegal for you to drink raw milk. You cannot do it. You cannot buy that and drink it. It's a crime. Really? Vaccine. You are required by law. You are not allowed to do it. If that law was not required, how many of the people that are so like gung ho, oh, how dare you even dream that you might not vaccinate your kid with 78 vaccines, um, would they be rushing down to get theirs if it wasn't mandated by law? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. It, here, here's another thing that bothers me about this other than all of the scumbag lawyers out there, uh, 97% of the lawyers makes the other 3% look bad. Uh-huh. Anyways, <clears throat> um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the issue with milk is that with the pasteurization, if, they're not, if it's not pasteurized, well, people might get sick. Well, how about, um, how about the owner have them sign a paper that said it's, they understand the risks. Well, that doesn't count because anything that you that you sign that ne- doesn't really necessarily hold up right. in court. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. So it so if you had um, somebody with a PhD in the past uh, in the process of pasteurizing milk actually drink this milk, who should have known better, but did it anyways and got sick, he could still sue, even though he might be the world's expert. He could still probably sue and win money because people are freaking idiots. I'm sorry. Sit down, Jim. Take a breath. Here, hold the thoth yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> so a little light note <laughs> to get us out of this, <gasps> this depression. It appears that Hillary Clinton might be using a hashtag that's hashtag man enough for Hillary. What? The premise is, I am man enough to vote for a woman. Are you? Get out of Okay. The funny piece about it, <laughs> I got a picture sent to me, and they've got this thing. The uh, It says, I'm with her, which, you know, that's Hillary's thing. I'm with H. And there's a guy... Manly looking man, look hipster tattoos, yeah, yeah. you know, per nice hair but yeah. big beard, looking kind of sultry. Yeah, it says I'm with her. Uh, I am man enough to vote for a woman. <laughs> Are you? And then what, what? What they didn't check? Whoever bought that stock image <laughs> apparently didn't realize that in Portland that same stock image is being used. Uh, for syphilis ad. 
So, he is man enough to vote for Hillary and man enough for syphilis. So, basically, what they're really going for is the male syphilis crowd. <laughs> the man with syphilis. Perhaps. <clears throat> you know, you know um, people say a lot of bad things about millennials. Okay. Um, there is one good thing about, I mean, if you had to say something good about millennials... What you could say is they weren't around in the 70s. So. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. You know who Dianne Feinstein is? Yes? Dianne Feinstein. Yeah. Democrat senator from California. Okay. She, this is old school, old, 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 1995. You know, she she hates guns. Mm -hmm. Now, all the people around her have them, but she hates them. So, 1995, this is old Diane. Senator Diane Feinstein worked for more than a year to get the assault weapons bill passed in the face of ferocious opposition from the National Rifle Association. She says she got the best she could. If I could have gotten 51 votes in the Senate of the United States for an outright ban, picking up every one of them, Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them all in, I would have done it. I could not do that. The votes weren't here. So how does this lady have a job in the stinking Senate still? Because uh, it's California. There's enough people that are gun owners in California. Evidently not. <clears throat> yeah, evidently not. Because she keeps getting elected every single year. Right. Right. So that was 95. So 20 plus One. years ago, she was, and she'd already been in the Senate for quite a while at oh, that man. point. Yeah, she's been in there <clears throat> so, too, too long. But you could say that with, I mean, well, just so many of them. Uh, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham, he's another one. Oh, <clears throat> John McCain. John McCain. Get him out. Get him out. Yeah. I... Okie doke. <laughs> you know, some kind of okie doke. That's all, folks. <laughs> all right. Um, again, don't know what I think about this, but it made me laugh and cry all at the same time. That's Missoula, Montana. Okay. A white 11 year old girl filed federal lawsuits Monday claiming she identifies as a 50-year-old Salish Indian chief. (laughs) That would be awesome. And deserves all the entitlements and benefits of an esteemed tribal member. Bambi Buffy Remington, originally from Orange County, California, said she started identifying as a middle-aged tribal chief after watching a rerun of the TV show F Troop and felt great (laughs) compassion for the Native Indians, Americans, known on the show as Indians. Quote, the Native Americans on the TV show were noble and outsmarted the military leaders who supported barbaric means of law enforcement, said Bambi, while wearing her eagle feather headdress. Quote, I felt a great personal tie, even though we had no common blood relatives, but had the same moon mother. Legal experts say that the BIA and federal governments might have their hands tied since the passing of the law that allows people of any gender to use a bathroom of the sex they identify with, thus creating a new federally protected group. 
quote, We already have identity rights groups and political action committees to protect identity rights, said a federal government official, who asked to remain anonymous because he was afraid of <laughs> reprisals from his own parents. <laughs> quote, We are sure, especially under a new Clinton administration, that identifiles... <laughs> identifiles? Identifiles as they want to be called, will be our next protected group. Bambi's lawyer, Gloria Allred, <laughs> is, and her name is spelled A-L-L-R-E-D, um, <laughs> is already preparing other lawsuits, she said. One will be for Kim Soo, a 40-year-old Korean immigrant woman living in Seattle, who claims she identifies as a 65-year-old retired white woman, which makes her eligible to collect Social Security benefits. <laughs> A third case revolves around Iggy Insane, uh, <laughs> yes, Iginowicz Obakwaski, <laughs> of, of, he's 51, of Portlandia, a multiple felon who will file several claims, Allred said. The first claim is that he identifies as a horny 17-year-old boy, which would <laughs> soften the sentencing for his sexual assault charge against a horny 16-year-old girl. His second claim is that he started identifying as a woman, which would mean he would be transferred to a high-security woman's prison on the other side of the all-gay facility. <laughs> Despite the concerns of tribal members, seniors, female prisoners, and citizens who apply common sense, these claims will have to be legally addressed regardless of local laws or social conventions. However, the warden of a men's prison facility said that a woman who identifies as a man could have less of a challenge. Whoops. Quote, if she wants to move into the all-male prison and she wins that right through legal mandate, I would improve, it would improve the morale of the men here. <laughs> uh, a little satire for you folks on the David Allen Show. Are you sure about that? Well, unfortunately. Um, because logically, no, it, logically it follows. It does. It so does. Then there's this. Sorry, all you children, parents with kids, you might want to close your ears for a minute. Pro-lifers declare. Hold on. Every sperm cell is alive. <laughs> they hear Gary Signs says. The pro-life movement in the United States has long advocated their stance that human life begins at conception and that the human fetus is a person and therefore has a right to live. However, a new argument has taken flight over the last month that has taken the abortion debate to the next level. The variety in opinion on the issue of abortion is reflected in the diverse views of religious groups, but now pro-lifers are declaring, quote, is murder, and they want to strict laws against the practice. And their signs say... <laughs> What? Did you give up? <laughs> it wasn't worth it. <laughs> oh, my bad. <clears throat> but this just in. Donald Trump fires back after the Bible accuses him of not being Christian. <laughs> Responding to numerous statements which don't mention him by name but are widely believed to include him and in their intended audience, Donald Trump, Republican presidential candidate and self-described Presbyterian, fired back at the Holy Bible Saturday after it reportedly accused him of not being a Christian. Quote, I've said many times that I greatly appreciate the Bible. It has served us well, but folks, we can do better, Trump said in a video shared on his Facebook page. 
adding that the scriptures are, quote, millions of years old and weak, so weak. Attributes he implied are to blame... Attributes, he implied, are to blame for Christianity's perceived decline in America and why ISIS is chopping off Christians' heads. Has been Bible says, I'm not a Christian, but that's a lie, folks. I am a tremendous Christian, the very best, Trump asserted, <laughs> Trump assured the nation. These numerous verses from the Bible, which, by the way, doesn't even have the courage to address me by name, but these verses to try to paint me as somewhat unchristian, They're ridiculous and false, and it's pathetic. Really, it's sad. Press for comment, the Holy Bible released one sentence statement. You will know them by their fruits. <clears throat> this news today brought to you by the Babylon Bee on the David Allen Show. News that you can count on. Count on, yes. News that you can count on, love, and, and, and live. This is the David Allen Show. The Golden State Warriors lost in a unfortunate blowout last night to the Cleveland Cavaliers. 30-point loss. When asked about it, Coach Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors. Said what? Said, you know, all the other players get paid millions of dollars to play too. <laughs> <laughs> so they're really good too. <laughs> that, was, that was the gist of what he said. <laughs> It was kind of a sad game to watch, though. Did you watch it? I did. Not the last half. <clears throat> I mean, I, I expected you to have a full report, because I know that, that basketball is your thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I report yeah. that I didn't watch it, and uh, my night went by. Probably, I probably got a bit more sleep, and uh, I had more, more enjoyment by not doing it. Because <clears throat> if they win... Or if they lose, my quality of life is the same. But, but I think it was last show I, uh, you know, we talked about doing, you know, going for the winner. Like you just you you support the winner in every game, and then you're never upset. Oh right? yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. See, I'm the type of person too that likes to know the uh, the uh, the end of the movie, so I know. So you just watch it from the back and rewind it. Well, I see the oh, ending, wow. and then I'm like, well, I'll see if I want to spend my time watching the movie. I, I could do the same thing with the with the basketball, you know. Just watch the end, and then once I know, I don't have to watch the rest of the game. Well, so. You miss all the nuance and all the thuggery that goes on on the court now, uh -huh. nowadays. So are <laughs> are there some players named Nuance and Thuggery? <laughs> yeah, every team has a couple. Oh, okay. No, I just can't get behind uh, the Cavs. I don't love LeBron James. I think he's a phenomenal ar artist, athlete. I think he's great. He's talented, he's crazy tall, and he's very spry and good. I mean, back when I was really into basketball, they didn't make... Um, People <laughs> like that? Good. They didn't make basketball players that could be good inside the paint and outside you know, to be able to you know shoot close and far away. That just didn't happen. Well, this guy can, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. 
So it's fun to watch him, but he just he looks like he's got a chip on his shoulder and he needs to be praised and just applauded every second and he's just mad looking. He looks upset and crabby and yeah. <clears throat> it irritates me. You Maybe know, he has. You're getting paid multi millions of dollars mm-hmm. to Shamu, sorry. You're getting paid a lot of money to to uh perform. Act nice. Mm-hmm. Look happy. Put on a happy face if you have to. Maybe they don't want him. Maybe Maybe they generate more money with him being all, you know, angry, surly. I don't know. Maybe, <clears throat> you know, maybe people don't want to want to see happy, happy, joy, joy. Maybe they want to see, you know, maybe a fight will break out. I I don't know because I don't care, nor watch, nor care. As, as we know, and, which is uh, why we bring it up regularly here so, on the David Allen Show. So to summarize, uh, you don't, I don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. And it's nice. Freedom is not having anything left to lose. So. Oh. <clears throat> so, uh, Zika. Yeah. That's still in the news. Oh. Oh, I thought it was like the name <laughs> uh, of a basketball player. The Olympics are coming up in yeah. August, they start. Is that right? Okay. Or July. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another sporting event that. Uh, David's going to be watching very, very, very And by very watching, I mean, closely. no, I'm not watching. <laughs> Come on. Why? Uh, Zika. I know some, um, some like a, an announcer from ABC or something. She's pregnant, so she's, she's not pre- going. Yeah. Is she afraid the, of having sex down there? Is that the problem? No, no. With someone infected by Zika? No, if, if she got it while she's pregnant, it could affect the, the baby. Oh, you're, you're telling me <clears throat> that these... News people are anywhere outside of a five-star hotel ever? Yeah, but one might sneak in. What are the odds? Oh, good. <laughs> what it is is they said, you know what, we will pay you a lot of money so we can keep people scared. So we'll pay you extra for mm. not going. Mm. But why would they keep people scared? What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. To push a stupid vac- a Zika vaccine through. Oh. They're already working on it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There you have it. So what is the biggest issue with Zika? What does it do? The biggest fear that people have is microcephaly for on Which is? babies. It's a small uh un, their their head doesn't grow. It doesn't or it grows too much. It, no, it doesn't grow enough. So it's uh they it's have a small abnormal, cranium. Right. <clears throat> Apparently um in Vietnam Agent Orange was used considerably. Yes. And what did that do again? Refresh our memory, what Agent Orange did? That killed vegetation. And people? Like, you just killed everything, right? Yeah. It'd be like Roundup, I guess, equivalent. Was it a, just a, a, like a liquid chemical that got sprayed yeah, out? Yeah, spray, and they'd want to ki- uh, kill off all the vegetation so that they could, oh, uh, they could keep track. Get the people? You, you could see people. Um, because, you know, they had, you know, three, four canopy mm-hmm. uh, jungles, so you couldn't see any... I mean, if the Viet Cong had a trail or whatever, you couldn't see anything. So you spray Agent Orange, kill all the vegetation, and then you can see who you're going to kill, you know. <clears throat> yeah, Henry Kissinger, I wonder if he uh, he was the, the big one on that one. Forty years after the end of the Vietnam War, this is a country which should be rising back to its feet. Instead, it is crippled by the effects of Agent Orange, a chemical sprayed during combat, stripping leaves off trees to remove enemy cover. Its contaminant, dioxin, 
now regarded as one of the most toxic chemicals known to man, remains in Vietnam's ecosystem in the soil and in the fish people eat from, from rivers. Nearly 4.8 million Vietnamese people have been exposed, causing 400,000 deaths. The associated illnesses include cancers, birth defects, skin disorders, autoimmune diseases, liver disorders, psychosocial effects, neurological defects, and gastrointestinal diseases. According to the Red Cross of Vietnam, up to 1 million people are currently disabled and have health problems due to Agent Orange, 100,000 of which are children. In Ho Chi Minh City's Go Vap Orphanage, five-month-old Hong gazes serenely from, his, from her metal-barred cot, empty, save for a soft yellow teddy bear watching over her. From her head grows a huge, veiny mass, mm. a rare neural, neural tube defect known as encephalocele which research suggests could be caused by Agent Orange exposure. Without successful surgery, Hong's future is bleak. She, should, she could suffer from paralysis of the limbs, vision impairment, mental disability, and seizures. And this thing is bigger than her head. There's a picture. It's crazy. In the capital's to-do hospital, within the children's Agent Orange ward, lives 13-year-old Tran with Fraser syndrome. A rare genetic disorder, it's, characteristics by com- it's characterized by completely fused eyelids, partially webbed fingers and toes, and genital malformations. Trans nurses explain how, t- how he spends hours each day crying out relentlessly, rocking back and forth in his cot. Mm. Named Agent Orange after the colored stripe in the barrels it was stored in, the U.S. Army, supported, supporting the South Vietnamese, spent a decade from 1961 spraying approximately 80 million liters over 30,000 square miles of southern Vietnam. The aim was to, quote, smoke out and weaken the Viet Cong enemy of the North by decreasing their food supplies. Studies have shown that dioxin still remains at alarmingly high concentrations in soil, food, human blood, and breast milk in people who live nearly who live near former U.S. military bases. A couple years ago, information was declassified that proved that the event in the Gulf of Tonkin, yeah. that was the, 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 the red line that got us into Vietnam. That was the was, pretext. Was a ruse. Yeah. Was, did not happen. Yeah. Yeah. What in the world... Who are we as a country to sit back and look at these millions of people, hundreds of thousands of kids being destroyed, destroyed yeah. by a decision that was made because we are tough? It was, a, a, I mean, it was more than that. Uh, you had, um, I, was, I was just listening the, uh, uh, to a, um, a gentleman who is an expert on um, South Vietnam, the history of the Vietnam War and whatnot. <clears throat> and in 62, the president of South Vietnam, who was an ardent anti-communist, huge supporter of the United States against communism, pro-Vietnam, was assassinated by the CIA. By the CIA, because some numbskull, piece of garbage uh, ambassador, 
who later got a medal of freedom and died of old age, <clears throat> like that other scumbag Henry Kissinger and all the other vile vermin that they are, um, uh, instigated it and and caused it to happen. A huge friend of the United States. Time and time again, they kept on doing that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, war crimes. They should be shot. They should. Be. Uh, Henry Kissinger is the biggest piece of garbage that this earth has has produced. Well, maybe not the biggest, but he's up there. He's up there. Yeah. <laughs> And he still, did you know that he he uh, flew over and met with Putin in Russia? And then he met with Trump recently. So he's still in the He's, he's still, still in the game. Yeah. I mean, Illuminati garbage. And uh, uh, the Vietnam War, <laughs> I mean, 50,000 people killed for nothing. Right. And, and well, it was and, for something. Well, but and our troops coming home were vilified. Or vilified. Uh, I mean, the stuff they were being ordered to do was absolutely wrong. But, I mean, and their job was to follow orders. Yeah. So, in reality, they did their job. What they did was terrible. I don't like that they got mistreated like that. But the if you just step back and look at what they were doing, what they were being told to do and commanded to do and allowed to do, but I mean, you know, the average the average infantryman, the average grunt in Vietnam, he didn't fight for America. He fought for his buddy next to him. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he went there for a year or thirteen months if you were a Marine, and then you left, and you just tried to survive the time that you were over there, and you were fighting and dying and killing for your friend next to you. So why did we have to have the draft? Uh, because there weren't enough people. To go into a fake war, a it, war that was unjustified. Well, it wasn't, war. F- yeah, it wasn't justified. It was real, but it wasn't a war because it was never declared a war. Neither the last war that was declared. Was um, that the Korean War? No, that wasn't a. That was a. Uh, what was a conflict? Call, no, what they call it, a military action or something like that. World War Two. I don't know if Bush declared. I don't think he declared war I, on Al Qaeda or anything like that. Well, the, no, there's, there's no body to declare, mm-hmm. and there's no state to go after. Yeah. So the the United States hasn't legally been at war uh, other than um, uh, World War II. <clears throat> it's kind of a shame. And it's all the globalists and the UN and all the other garbage out there. And, I mean, we are useless eaters to these people. And um, like Stalin said, uh, when one person dies, it's a tragedy. When a million people die, it's a statistic. And uh, yeah, they view they f- they view humans as basically cattle, or smart monkeys maybe, and we don't know what's best for us. But then again, when you when you think about it, how is that any different than any other time in the history of mankind? I mean, look at look in the Bible. Look at look at what they did. Look at the, what the Ninevites would do, and the Assyrians, and the Babylonians, and I mean, I mean, that's one thing if that's one one reason why uh, I one of many reasons why I believe the Bible is true. And that is that it accurately represents humanity Mm -hmm. and humanity is not good. Humanity is evil. And um, uh, our hearts are twisted. And the only reason why we're not acting out that way is that um, we're. We don't have to. 
but go to Somalia, go to S- Syria, yeah. go to Mexico, go to Guatemala or Ecuador or Brazil and walk in a, into a slum and see what happens in India to how they treat the Dalits and untouchables there. I mean, it, it's horrific, but it's humans, and that's why we need a savior. <coughs> yeah, we're selfish, self-serving pieces of garbage. That's what we are. And apparently confused. <laughs> I know. Here in America. Yeah. Because Natafone Who? Ice. Who? Wang Yacht. Oh, is this uh <laughs> This is uh Who was born male but identifies as female. Recently became the first transgender athlete to compete individually for a high school state championship. It's reported by the Alaska Dispatch News. Wang Yacht an eighteen Wang Yacht is the last what? name. Wang Yacht. An eighteen year old senior at Heinz or Haynes High School. Wingnut? Qualified and competed in the class three A girls sprint at the Alaska State Meet, taking home third place in the two hundred meter dash and fifth in the one hundred. Wang Yacht also played for the girls' volleyball and basketball Wait teams a this second. past year. This is a guy and he got beat by girls? I know. I didn't think about that, too. I'm like, wow, what's the big deal? <laughs> the thought crossed my mind. Okay, anyways. Um, there was a... A growing a... issue across the country, transgender equality, and today the focus was on the track. Ugh. 13 seconds after the gun sounds, the fastest 3A girls in the state cross the finish line of the 100-meter run. Haynes's I mean, mostly girls. Is among yeah, them. all but one. The Wingyot story is different than any other runner at the state championships. She was born a male. She's a he. Natafon and her coach declined to comment on this story, but outside the stadium, members of the Alaska Family Council gather to voice their opinion. It is not fair and it is not right for our female athletes, and we have a responsibility to protect our, our girls that have worked really hard, that are working toward college scholarships. Wingyat was the third seed in the 100-meter race coming into the weekend. Just missing the cut, Hutchison senior Saskia Harrison. I'm glad that this person's comfortable with who they are Whatever. and they're able to be happy in who they are, but competitively, I don't think it's completely 100% fair. Well, I think that's an overgeneralization. Alaska Schools Activities Association Executive Director Billy Strickland says the ASAA doesn't have a statewide policy for transgender athletes. Set. Instead, they leave it up to schools to decide if an athlete can compete in a gender-specific sport. We didn't want to necessarily create a situation where, uh, you know, we were going to bring in our, our committees and those types of things, but just because of the, uh, just not practical here. The no, it's not. It. He's just afraid of the, the blowback. The green light. They're not alone. According to transathlete.com, 30 states allow for transgender athletes to compete. Okay, so there's a, 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 a map. Uh, go to this website transathlete.com I don't want to okay I will transathlete.com so the states that uh, 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 allow or the what is it the allow what did he just say with the is giving the green light they're not alone according to transathlete.com 30 states allow for transgender athletes to to compete 30 states Washington, Oregon, Colorado, Nevada, Arizona, 
um, Utah, South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Illinois. Okay. Oklahoma, Florida, all the northeastern states, Alaska. Okay, green states... Inclusive, no medical hormones or surgery required, which would include California, Nevada, and that's Washington, Wyoming, South Dakota, Minnesota Colorado, in that list. South Dakota, Minnesota, Florida. So wait a second. What's the requirement? No. All you have to do is dress like a girl and call yep. yourself a girl. You know what I would do? If I was like 6'4 and a world-class, no, nah, I mean a real pretty good shot putter, and I'm like 6'4, 250, just to make the point... <laughs> I would start saying I'm, I'm a, um, uh, I'm a lesbian trapped <laughs> in a man's body, and a lesbian is defined as a woman. So I demand that I get to compete, and I would destroy the competition at the state level to make the point. I mean, where they throw the shot put, I don't know. 50, 50 feet, you know, I, I, I launch it into the parking lot. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and then get all in your face and trash talk them and whatnot. I think that would be... It would be hilarious. I know, it would be hilarious. It would be... I mean, I'd feel bad for the women because they'd have to be put up, the young ladies, they'd have to put up with it. But you know what? I mean, somebody's got to show how ridiculous this is. <clears throat> yeah. I thought that was special, real special. Isn't that because special? I mean, we, you know, we've kind of talked about that. This is where it's going. It has to go here, and uh, proof positive right there. Oh, who, oh, who would have come up with this? Hmm? Hmm? Who, oh, who? <laughs> is that an unintended consequence? Could it be Satan? <laughs> well, there you have it. Yeah, Another? I mean, re- uh, the thing is with stuff like this, reality has to become real. In order for people to uh, to see the absurdity, mm-hmm. and if you're and if you're going to not allow reality to become real, then you are enabling them, just like you would enable an alcoholic to drink, or somebody who weighs seven hundred pounds. You, if you go to the store and get them their fifteen thousand calories a day, you're enabling that whole behavior. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> tough love would dictate that we, you know. Make sure that people can clearly see the absurdity of it. Clearly. 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 All right, here's an ad. Craigslist. To whom it may concern, we will pay $15 an hour plus travel, including room and board, clothing, flags, signs, etc., for individuals willing to disrupt Trump rallies throughout the U.S. If interested, please leave your name and a contact number. Huh. You know, I, you almost <laughs> want to do that and then it. just stand out there and go, yay, bad Bernie. Trump, bad, right. yeah, Bernie. But 15 bucks, that's, that's minimum wage now in oh, some no. states. Oh, no, you'd stand out there and you go, Barney, Barney, because <laughs> you don't even know who he is, Barney. And then when they ask you, when they come by and ask you, you say you thought it was the dinosaur. Oh, that's not, oh, <laughs> I wore my purple and green. Yeah. Wrong color. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. It, so I, I again, I, anyone could have put that on Craigslist, but 
True. There, yeah. there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk out there that a lot of these protesters are being bussed in. Mm-hmm. They're being brought in. They've got really polished, pro-looking signs, um, professionally made products that are out there. They're, these aren't people with a sharpie at home on yeah. you know whatever sign they can get. These and, are and but they, this I is mean, high end gear. But they, I mean, they might actually be people that actually believe it and they're doing it and they're not getting paid. But regardless, this isn't like some spontaneous ad hoc group of people who've decided to come together spontaneously. Yeah, I mean, it's organized. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of on purpose. This is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com DavidAllenShow.com. I'm Alanis David. Here we are. What's that? Traffic and weather on the eights here. Oh. Here on the David Allen Show. <laughs> well, Alan, from up here, it's looking pretty congested. <laughs> oh, man. All right, scientists, again, truth tellers, apparently have created... Part man, part pig embryos to try to grow human organs in pigs. Scientists have created part human, part pig embryos. This according to the BBC. 
The researchers at the University of California, Davis, UC Davis, believe the hybrid embryos could provide them with a method of growing human organs in the absence of organ donors. Boy, I can't see how this could end badly. Yeah, it doesn't sound bad at all. <clears throat> like a zombie apocalypse? The researchers took pig embryos and removed the portion of DNA that would allow them to grow a pancreas. They replaced those cells with the human cells necessary to grow a pancreas. They will allow the human pig embryos to develop in sows for 28 days before they terminate the pregnancies and remove the resulting tissue for analysis. The scientists told the BBC that the embryos, if carried to term, would look and behave like normal pigs, except that their pancreas would be comprised of human cells. Pablo Ross, a reproductive biologist leading the project, told the BBC, quote, Our hope is that this pig embryo will develop normally, but the pancreas will be made almost exclusively out of human cells and could be compatible with a patient for transplant. Could be. The embryos are, embryo, embryos are referred to as chimeras. And the mm. last thing I heard about chimera was the, the horrible, um, I don't know, was it a neurotoxin or some like bad like chemical weapon uh, from one of the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so that's got a bad connotation to those of us that uh, know that word from that stupid or, fake movie. Genesis 6 with the Nephilim. Or that, and, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> details, details. Uh, after the... M- Referred to as chimeras, after the monster in Greek mythology. That was a combination of a lion, goat, and dragon. It's a good idea. Such research is a source of concern to some who believe there could be serious practical and ethical ramifications if humans and animals are combined. No kidding. The National Institutes of Health has issued a moratorium on funding for these projects. At least to the public. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure all this has already happened. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I assume as well. You know, how else is uh, Henry Kissinger and David Rockefeller going to get their new hearts oh. and yeah, whatnot? You, yeah, you, you've seen the island, right? Yeah. <clears throat> That'll mess you right up. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Right, right. Uh, you remember the Chewbacca mom? Chewbacca lady. Oh, happy Chewbacca. (laughs) (laughs) A few weeks ago, mom Candace Payne posted a video on her YouTube channel. She's funny, though. Oh, she is. Of her donning a Chewbacca face mask and laughing hysterically at the funny sound effects that the mask produced. The video quickly went viral and she received publicity and gifts from Disney, Facebook, and Kohl's. Her whole family even received full scholarships to Southeastern University. Now, I didn't know that a private Christian liberal arts college in Florida. That's cool. All of these accolades didn't come without their fair share of criticism, of course. One in particular stood out as so ridiculous you might think it's satire. Well, it's not. Okay. Can I guess? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Somebody is upset that they're making fun of Wookiees, and uh, how does that make Wookiees feel? (laughs) Okay, not that. Okay, keep going. Quote, what Chewbacca mom's rise to fame tells us about race in this country? Oh, no! 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 Oh, no! <laughs> Just when you thought. The author of the article on The Daily Dot, 
Jillian Brandstetter contends that the only reason, quote, Chewbacca mom gained her fame was because she's white. <laughs> she writes, it's true, free tuition is an oversized prize for such easily begotten fame. It's also true that the real rewards typically reaped for online success tend to be tend to heavily favor insta celebrities who are white. Contend de, con, 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 content derived from black users of Twitter, Vine, or Snapchat is often sidelined as part of a monolithic black Twitter. We have to pause and sigh here because Brain, Brandstetter's argument devolves into a scatterbrained tirade about black Twitter, whatever that is, worthy of academia's highest praise, a grade A for asinine. She continues, Black social media use is not inherently different than that of white or Hispanic or Asian or other social media use. It generates content that benefits marketers and the platforms themselves. What is different, however, is the degree to which these users get credit for their creations. Black Twitter, as a term itself, is harmful to this process. Hi, I'm Black Twitter. It homogenizes a vast and active user you got base something to say? and condenses it for mass consumption, essentially dehumanizing the real people behind the content. What? There's more. Black people use Twitter as a higher rate at a higher rate than white people, and are far more active, according to a survey by the Pew Research Center. Yet it's far more often black Twitter is treated as a separate entity from the rest of Twitter. Even when trends, jokes, and hashtags that start mainly among black users expand to include a variety of demographics. The genesis of these viral moments are not, as there were with the Chewbacca mom, typically examined down to the individual who generated them. They are signed off as Black Twitter and everyone else moves on. Yeah, Black Twitter. Black Twitter's bad. Money. Word. Word up, yo. Oh my goodness. I saw, <clears throat> I saw on, I actually it was a Twitter thing. Somebody was mocking. It was a young black man who was, who was commenting about uh, the gorilla who got shot. Oh, yeah. And he said, oh, yeah, um, <clears throat> Gorilla got shot when it was uh, going to attack a, uh, um, a, white, uh, a white kid. If it was a black kid, they would have done the tranquilizer instead because, you know, because it didn't matter. <laughs> and, then, and then it showed a, a picture of the parents underneath who Watch were black. Watch the video. It's a black kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The long and short of it is that Brandstetter thinks pain only got these accolades because of white privilege. Yet Brandstetter clearly didn't do her research before launching into her whining. It's a she? Brands, yes. Uh, her name uh, is Jillian Brandstetter. Ah, uh, that doesn't matter. It's a she? <laughs> I presume. Okay. As explained by various media outlets, including USA Today, pain is an outspoken Christian. It is a common practice for private Christian universities to give out scholarships to those who are open about their faith, as Payne has been in her online presence and in various interviews. Second, one of the school's top administration faculty members founded and formally led the same church Payne attends. So race has nothing to do with it. But her faith and the school's connection to her church surely does. But instead of being happy for a complete stranger being blessed with something good by a private party, liberals' first instinct is to look for something nefarious. To gripe about. I, I'm kind. I'm a little bit offended that they even have to respond to this. That somebody feels. I mean, it it bothers me 
that somebody didn't slap this person. I, okay, I shouldn't say that. You shouldn't do violence. We have freedom of speech. You can say whatever mm-hmm. you want to mm-hmm. do. We don't have but, to get violence here. But much. But <laughs> this person Who should have been that? mocked mercilessly from every side for saying such a stupid thing. Like you can't do. You can't mock people anymore. That's why comics aren't going to college as much anymore because you can't hand. They can't handle it. Yeah. Northwestern. That's did a you, college. Did, yeah. Okay, you know what? Did I what? No, keep going. What were you going to say? Oh, I will in a second. Oh. <laughs> now, the Northwestern in Chicago or the Northwestern in Iowa or the Northwestern in St. Paul? Northwestern University's Global Studies. Uh, I do not actually know. It doesn't state right off the bat in this article. The Christian College. I would assume not. Okay, then it would be the one I think in Chicago. That's kind of my thought, but of course the interweb is being done Sorry. right now. It's cool, whatever. We're, we're working on a backbone, bare bones system here. That's right. Three star Army General and former U.S. Ambassador Carl Eikenberry resigned from his position as head of Northwestern University's Global Studies Institute before he had even started working there. Oh. After students and faculty complained that he was too, guess what, pro-America and pro-war. Well, he's a three-star general there, knucklehead. Eikenberry is the former deputy chairman, uh, chairman of NATO Military Committee in Brussels and served as the commander of the U.S. forces in Afghanistan under Obama. He was also, visiting, he was also a visiting senior fellow at Stanford Shorenstein Asia Pacific Research Center. But that's apparently not good enough for Northwestern's teachers and students who assailed Eikenberry in an online petition, calling his academic qualifications into question and demanding that the university appoint, quote, someone who will encourage research that is less belligerent and tainted by U.S. bias. Uh-huh. That's a U.S. college. Hmm. Oh. That's a good yeah. idea. <clears throat> yeah. The petition claimed that Eikenberry couldn't, could, couldn't, not raise rise to the head of an academic institution because he's gotten his experience on the field rather than in the classroom. No peer-reviewed studies. And worse, they might give students a realistic perspective on how things work in the real world. You know, maybe they should uh, fire the football coach too because he has a love for football and uh, he's obviously biased. Clearly. Towards other sports. An ex-U.S. general will likely think about international politics in terms of war and from the perspective of the U.S. interests. And the rest and the research agenda will be negatively skewed as a result, said one global policy graduate student. Clearly no thought was given to the possibility that global policy might have some some application outside the ivory tower of academia. Nope. He may have lots of experience nah. handling diverse global culture, commanding coalition armies, negotiating actual treaties, but he's never written a blog nah. post about the benefits of Bernie Sanders' economics plan in the third world, so he's out. Yeah. Plus, he doesn't wear skinny jeans, so... A letter signed by 230 people, mostly students, expressed concern that Eikenberry's class would be too much flag-waving and too little flag-burning for their tastes. Quote, as faculty, we are deeply committed to academic integrity. We believe that it would be irresponsible to remain silent while the university's core mission of independent research and teaching becomes identified with U.S. military and foreign policy. 
Eikenberry withdrew his acceptance of the position in April, telling the Northwestern faculty that he was clearly (laughs) not qualified to be among their kind. He did address their concerns, reiterating that he had an impressive resume, but also finished with a jab, explaining that, quote, most who work in the world of institutions are reluctant to accept outsiders. Jerry Boykin, Lieutenant General. Oh, pro-war. Well, he was uh, he was uh, one of the uh, original officers in Delta Force. Okay. Um, <clears throat> he'd been wounded twice in combat, but he's a strong Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lieutenant General, three-star general. Um, Hack. He got disinvited to speak at an <laughs> army base. What? Yeah, I can't... Uh, Fort... Uh, I can't remember which fort, fort it was. Uh, disinvited because by uh, Mikey Weinstein uh, complained enough that uh, they disinvited him. I mean, he's got a silver star, a bronze wow. star, uh, two purple hearts. He was a That's member of... That's not the kind of guy you want to talk to soldiers? He, he was a member of Delta Force, the most elite counter terrorist operation in the world, um, lieutenant general. Hmm. And the reason why he didn't become a four-star general is because he made Christian statements that, no. quote-unquote, disqualified him. Not that. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. That's rather insane. I th- No. I... The thing that bothers me about, about all this, again, and I'm going to say it, is that there's no freedom, uh, there's no sense that uh, we should maybe discuss this, and can't we walk away agreeing to disagree? Can't we both promote our uh, our um, our agenda, or maybe not agenda, but our points of view, in 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 a free exchange of ideas, and then walk away, let people make their decision, make the the whole point about finding truth. Mm-hmm. But no, you can't do that. It's all about power. It's about me. It's not about uh, facts. It is about me winning this argument or diminishing you, marginalizing you so nobody hears you talk. And I'm wondering how long it's going to be before what we're saying right now is illegal. <clears throat> that oh, what we're saying I, I is bet hate way crime. fast, way sooner than Like maybe than next later. year. <clears throat> or I mean, dep- or yeah. depends upon who becomes... Um, uh, the next president yeah. of the United States. Because right now, up in Canada, they're looking at um, uh, hate crime legislation. So if you talk against uh, transgender and homosexuality, you can get up to two years in jail. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's what, 200, 300 miles north of us? Yeah. Uh, I follow a <clears throat> publication out of Uganda. I lived there for a while, so I follow that. Uh, there was... Uh, two stories that blew my mind. One of them blew my mind today or this week. Um, they have huge buses. You know, Greyhound buses. Mm-hmm. They're big. Mm-hmm. What, 60 people, some crazy number. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're huge. Well, they are like inter-country buses. They have these big tour things that they, they will <laughs> take people through the countries of Africa mm-hmm. and they drive like madmen. I mean, it's insane. I don't know how they all don't die because they drive crazy. I almost was hit head on by one driving over there years okay, ago. But the, okay. But, can I ask you a question mm-hmm. about that? Um, if you get hit, it's going to be hours 
before well, you ever dead. get. But if you survive, it's going to be hours or days before you get to a hospital. You're going to be in abject ever, probably, ag- yeah. agony for. So why why wouldn't you drive safely? I mean, what what compels them to drive that way? What comp- I think it's a, they got they want to get there. I think. They want to get there quick. Okay, anyways, I'm sorry. I I just don't get it. Anyways, I'm sorry for interrupting. Uganda. Um, They drive like mad people. Well, apparently one of them uh, ran into an elephant. It's not funny because I think three or four people died. Destroyed the front of this bus. It killed the elephant. Full-grown male. Huge thing. But what was cool, I mean, you don't hear the enviros and the PETA yelling, I don't think. Because everyone was African. I mean, there, there was it's not like a white bus. It was all mm-hmm. Africans. <clears throat> but like all the locals where the elephant was, there's pictures of them hacking that thing apart and like divvying up the meat. Uh-huh. So they're using this this disaster. Uh-huh. It's a bummer that some people died in the mix. But yeah. the front of that bus was just ripped open. It looked like it hit a wall, which, I mean, you hit a wow. multi-thousand pound animal. It's crazy. But the pictures were kind of nuts. The real reason, though, that I thought of back on the New Vision is the publication and what you were talking about, Canada, and uh, talk, uh, have make, making it illegal to say things about people. Uh, a man sentenced to three years in jail for insulting Mugafuli. Insulting Mugafuli. This is in Tanzania. And what is a Mugafuli? Well, he is. It's a guy. Is he the leader? Um, of Tanzania? Uh, Tanzanian president. John Pumba oh. Magufuli, a Tanzanian man, has been sentenced to three years in jail or pay a fine of seven million Tanzanian shillings. So that's what, $43? It's 10.7 Ugandan shillings, which last I knew, I don't know the exact rate, but it's roughly 1,000, maybe 1,500 shillings per dollar. So, uh, it's a lot of money. Well, ten million, it, it, probably three, four, no, six, six thousand dollars. Yeah, about six grand, probably. <clears throat> but after, that's more than he would make in three years. Sentenced so. to jail after he was found guilty of insulting the president on Facebook. Forty-year-old Isaac Abukaku Abukaki Abu, sorry, Abakuki. That's it, Abakuki. 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 Was on, was on Wednesday convicted by the Arusha Resident Magistrate's Court after he admitted committing the offense. Principal Resident Magistrate Agostino Rosil <laughs> said the accused was to pay 5 million Tanzanian shillings and serve three years at the same time, but reduced the punishment after a plea by the accused lawyers. Uh, he paid a 7 million shilling penalty. In two installments. The first installment, $3 million to be paid by July 8th, and pay the balance by August 8th this year. And then he doesn't go to jail? If he fails to fulfill these requirements, he shall serve the jail term. But we should do a GoFund campaign go for him. To get him out? Yeah. <laughs> we should. So, he inst- they don't say how he insulted him, so I'm not really sure what he said, but... Really? Well, it happened in Turkey, Aragon... He sentenced a journalist. Er, 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 Erdogan. Yeah, that guy. Er, Erdogan is. Yeah. <laughs> Erdogan. <laughs> <laughs> Erdogan. 
Erdogan. That's a correct pronunciation. Erdogan. Yeah. So it's happening around the world. It's just a matter of time before it comes here. Mm-hmm. And if if we continue as a as a U.S. citizenry, if we continue to give up and vote away our freedoms and our rights to property, our rights to the our own health, our rights to our control of what we can do, it's, that's what's coming next. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I think the average um, police officer, the average a military person is not going to just run roughshod over people and break into their house and drag people away. I don't think it's at that point. I think something horrible has to happen before people are going to start, if it's going to happen quickly, where they're actually going to drag people away and beat them up and whatnot for saying certain things. But Did you know that it's now politically incorrect to call it riot gear? Uh, they what? can't call it riot gear anymore. Police departments. Okay. They don't have riot gear. They have personal protective equipment. Oh. Like a condom. (laughs) (laughs) There you have it. Huh. Oh, this is the David Allen Show. Come on. Come on. Come on, interweb. Sorry. Yes. In Oregon. Oh, in, Oregon. I believe it was in February. In Oregon? February. They passed, uh, the legislature passed a mandatory, what was it? $15 minimum wage. How's that going? <laughs> well, apparently, let's listen to this. Apparently they need to amend it because it might not be a good idea. But it's what they felt that counts. Well, yeah. That's their intention. Oh, is that it? Intent is it? Yeah. Oh. That's all that matters. I thought perception is what mattered. Well, intent and perception. Because I I was taught that perception means nothing if it was not received the way it was. Yeah, it's called communication. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Details, details, details. Uh, This is, uh, happened today. Like this, this uh, little story came out today. Like waiting for this ad to quit playing. Okay. Thank you, Fox News. There is a new battle over the minimum wage in the state of Oregon, where lawmakers are, are pushing to amend a wage hike that was just passed months ago. Uh, Dan Springer's live in Portland to tell us why lawmakers are doing this in the first place. Dan. Come on, Dan. Yeah, Bill, Democratic Party leaders who control the state House, Senate, and Governor's office passed a convoluted law in a short five-week session, and then within days basically admitted they messed up. (laughs) They announced they wanted to pass a fix-it bill next year. The law creates three different minimum wages and raise schedules based on the area, one rural, one midsize, and one for greater Portland, which hits 1475 by the year 2022. Some counties threatened to sue, calling it an unfunded mandate. Democrats immediately started backpedaling and talking about creating a lower training wage for teenagers and new hires, and possibly an exemption for some agriculture businesses. The bill was being rushed through as labor activists launched a ballot initiative that would raise the minimum wage statewide to $15 an hour. 
They just wanted to pass something. They were really worried about the 15 now people sending something to the ballot. And I think they got so snake bit by that that they would have passed anything uh, that was called a minimum wage increase. And that initiative effort stopped as soon as that law was passed, Bill. What about the opposition? What is it saying? Well, some fear that the fix-it will gut the original law, but Republicans are in full support of this fix-it. Um, they, they blasted Governor Kate Brown, who was all smiles at the signing Appointed ceremony. governor, not it elected. Was before state economists could even analyze the impacts. When that was finally done <laughs> last week, it was not pretty. State economists now say the higher wage will cost Oregonians 40,000 jobs over the next decade. Still That's some worry lot. about a training wage being abused by employers. I think having a sub-minimum wage, though it might sound good, could end up hurting the very people that we're trying to help. The first raise kicks in next month, July 1st. The fix-it bill can't be even addressed until the next legislative session starting in January. Uh, here we bill. go. Thank you, Dan Springer. Yeah, here we go. Thank you, Dan Springer. Uh, my money! And now traffic and weather on the 8th. Well, doesn't that sound like, uh, oh, I don't know, Obamacare yeah. and... Uh, oh, there's another thing. Did you know one of the requirements buried deep in Obamacare that's set to go into effect very soon, I think July this year? Okay. Um, craft breweries <laughs> are now to be required to list the calorie count on their labels by law or else they cannot sell their product. Hmm. Are you kidding? That's a multi-billion dollar industry in this country. And Obamacare, what? What? The health care law had something to do with microbreweries? What? Nonsense. You, you seem upset. <laughs> I hate government overreach. Well, I have a, a segue about oh, beer. Tell. About beer. <laughs> or liquor, generally speaking. Uh, the 20... Drunkest towns. Ooh, it was a CBS. And CBS. Let me see. What was the name of the article? The name of the uh, twenty bing, drunkest bing, cities bing, 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 in America. Do you know what number twenty is? Oh, uh, this is America, right? Yeah, uh, America. Uh, is, is there a size like kind of range, or is nope. it across the board? Yep, just just across the board. It's. Well, I think I know what one is, but um, what's number one? <laughs> Pine Ridge, South Dakota. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite. Close. Okay. It's the one right outside there. Anyway. Okay. No. Is that not it? Uh, no, it's <laughs> number 20. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, Eugene, Oregon. No, no, they'd be way higher up, wouldn't they? Maybe. Go ahead. Go ahead. Corvallis, Oregon. Oh, that's close. That's where the University of Oregon, or the Oregon State University is. Okay. <laughs> College town. <laughs> no, okay, now which state... Do you think has the most cities on this list? Has to be Oregon. Okay, you say Oregon. Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so the 19th. You're not going to tell me <laughs> if I'm well, right? No, you'll, we'll, you'll we'll find out okay. soon enough. <laughs> the 19th is Iowa City. Ooh, Iowa. Uh, the last one 23% of adults in the metro area reported that they drink to ac excess. In Iowa City, it's 23.2%. Wait a second. Drink to excess. Like, is this like once or regularly? Regularly, I guess. Holy cow. Or, uh, they, they drink to excess. Jeez. However, that's defined. Okay. So, number 18, Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. So, Iowa, uh, Nebraska, and Oregon. 
Oregon, Iowa, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Number 17, Milwaukee, Waukesha, West Allis, Wisconsin. Well, yes, because what what is there? Old Milwaukee. Okay, is there another one there? I'm sure. Well, we'll find out. Isn't that where Budweiser is? Yeah, probably. Um, number 16, Janesville, Beloit, Wisconsin. Oh, it's two for Wisconsin. Number 15, Racine, Wisconsin. No way. Are you kidding? <laughs> Do they have number, a population? Number 14, Grand Forks, North Dakota. 23.7%. Okay, Number 13, Missoula, Montana. Really? Because what else are you going to do? <laughs> uh, number 12. Have a decent bakery there. Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Sheboygan! <laughs> Four. Number okay. 11, Wausau, Wisconsin. <laughs> Five. Are you sensing a trend? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> number 10, Mankato, Minnesota. Ooh. Oh, what's what's the rate percentage rate there? Uh, 24.2%. I've got friends. I have to ask them. Are you guys drunk a lot? 20.8% of driving deaths in the area are alcohol-related, and 250 deaths out of every 100,000 occur prematurely. Number nine? Yeah. Eau Claire, Wisconsin. <laughs> Number eight, Ames, Iowa. Oh, okay. So they're second, yeah, second yeah. place so far. Wait, wasn't there two? No, just one in Minnesota. Okay. One in Minnesota. Number seven, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. <laughs> Number six, La Crosse, Wisconsin. <laughs> no, that's seven so far? Number five, Fargo, North Dakota. So it's tied with oh. Iowa in terms of the number, but there's a higher mm. one in North Dakota. Mm. Watch out, Wisconsin. We're coming. <laughs> Um, I don't think there's a chance. It's like Bernie and Hillary. There's not a chance it can happen. <laughs> number four, Madison, Wisconsin. No, it's college town. Number three, Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> NFL town. Number two, Oshkosh, no. Nina, Wisconsin. <laughs> and number one, Appleton, Wisconsin. No way. <laughs> With 26.8% of adults oh, there report man. drinking in excess. 30.3% of the area's driving deaths in, involve alcohol in some capacity, and 257 deaths out of 100,000 occur prematurely before the age of 75, a figure which may also be indicative of the area's high binge drinking rates. <clears throat> Wisconsin, I you know. Wow, they're all drunks. I know. I mean, I always thought that Wisconsin was like kind of like a poor Minnesota. I don't know why I thought that, but it's obviously. <clears throat> um, Oh man. How's it going, eh? Strange brew, eh? <laughs> well, now we know how to avoid. Surprisingly, <laughs> there were no southern states in that list. No. All of it was north in the cold land. Except Oregon. That's not very cold. That's just a college town. Unless, of course, they, uh, maybe there aren't a lot of tele- telephones down south. And they did the survey through the telephone. <laughs> yes, Cletus? You, you, you're back with us, Cletus? Yes, 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 yes. I, 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 would, I would say there's a lot of moonshine. There's a lot of moonshine, but that's not alcohol. That's that's <clears throat> a, a water of life. All right. 
Obama endorsed Hillary today. Here is um, the judge, Judge Andrew Napolitano, um, reacting to that. Maybe. If it'll play. Ah, I don't want an ad. Anyway, what else you got going on? (laughs) When these come across the wire, they throw ads in front of them real quick, and that's your take. Always. Always. Judge Napolitano. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. Just had a seizure. Judge. Welcome to my chambers. This week, President Obama is likely to endorse. Oh, he did. Come on. Rodham Clinton for president. Ordinarily, that would not be an issue, and it would be expected. A Democrat incumbent wants to be succeeded by the Democratic nominee. But when President Obama endorses Hillary Clinton, he creates enormous problems for law enforcement. His two most important law enforcement appointees, the Attorney General of the United States and the Director of the FBI, are actively engaged in two criminal investigations of Mrs. Clinton. How can they fairly, accurately, honestly, and professionally investigate her criminal behavior when their boss wants her to succeed him in the White House? That's the kind of great point. President Obama yeah. will create when and if he endorses. Mrs. And he Clinton. did that today. That is the angst <clears throat> he will visit on professional FBI agents and prosecutors who are deeply enmeshed in the two investigations of her. One for espionage. Did she fail to keep safe national security secrets put in her hands? Wouldn't it be cool if she got nailed for, for espionage? Corruption. Did she make I decisions when she was Secretary of State? knowing that those decisions would result in an increase in wealth to her husband's so-called foundation, which now seems more like a slush fund than a charity. Kinda. Top of this, in the email case, there are some emails containing state secrets, top secrets, sent to Mrs. Clinton's non-secure personal server, and they were sent by President Obama. Ooh. He is creating a serious conflict <laughs> and a serious I didn't law know that. enforcement mess for himself or his successor. Who knows how this will end? Welcome to my chambers. Go get him, Judge. Fight the good fight. It, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Because to the average American, it's it's about emails, and then they're going to go back to sleep. <clears throat> it's not going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Uh, Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Go back to sleep, citizen. Nothing to see here. Well, <clears throat> true. Try and have another story I wanted to go over, and I cannot find it. What's it about? Maybe I can find it. Huh? Here's a headline. Genes that let bees reproduce without males found. Uh-huh. Boy, that's a disaster. Let's create GMO bees. Oh, Bilderberg's going on right now. Yes, it is. Yes, the it meeting is. Of the meeting of the minds. Or something. George is there. George. Soros. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> yeah. The Rockefellers are there. I think the Clintons are there. Kissinger. Oh, yeah. Lindsey Graham. No, Graham. <laughs> I love that Rush Limbaugh calls him Lindsey Graham-nesty. 
Or it used to. I don't know if he still does. Yeah. I, uh, it, it, it's, it's crazy. The expectations, how expectations have changed. It's crazy that people talk about Watergate or, or Richard Nixon, Mm -hmm. um, that anybody that's even familiar with it, I, I, for the life of me, I don't know why they would be outraged at what Richard Nixon did compared to what goes on every day in the last eight years. Um, Yeah. 30% of traffic fatalities are from drunk people. Drunk drivers. Yeah, that makes sense. So the natural conclusion to that <laughs> is that 70% were caused by sober drivers. So does that make it safer <laughs> to drive drunk? <laughs> well i guess it's the same you know statistic most people die in traffic accidents within like 24 miles right so never know. go home yeah <laughs> or just yeah go on vacation but if you vacation don't vacation near to home hmm. <clears throat> when actually that's where you're most likely going to drive within 25 miles so correct so you're gonna be in there yeah mm-hmm. emails and clinton probe dealt with planned drone strikes. Ooh, this is from the Wall Street Journal uh, today, this evening. At the center of a criminal probe involving Hillary Clinton's handling of classified information is a series of emails between American diplomats of his, in Islamabad and their supporters, superiors in Washington about whether to oppose specific drone strikes in Pakistan. The 2011 and 2012 emails were sent via the low-side government slang for a computer system for unclassified matters as part of a secret arrangement that gave the State Department more of a voice in whether a central intelligence agency drone strike went ahead, according to congressional and law enforcement officials briefed on the Federal Bureau of Investigation probe. Some of the emails were then forwarded by Mrs. Clinton's aides to her personal email account, which routed them to a server she kept at her home in suburban New York when she was Secretary of State, the officials said. Investigators have raised concerns that Mrs. Clinton's personal server was less secure than State Department systems. The vaguely worded messages didn't mention the, the quote, CIA drones, or details about the militant targets, officials said. The still-secret emails are a key part of the FBI investigation that has long dogged Mrs. Clinton's campaign, these, these officials said. They were written within the often narrow time frame in which State Department officials had to decide whether or not to object to drone strikes before the CIA pulled the trigger. Law enforcement and intelligence officials said State Department deliberations about the covert CIA drone program should have been conducted over a more secure government computer system designed to handle classified information. State Department officials told FBI investigators they communicated via the less secure system in a few instances, according to congressional and law enforcement officials. It happened when decisions about imminent strikes had to be relayed fast and the U.S. diplomats in Pakistan or Washington didn't have ready access to a more secure system, either because it was night or they were traveling. Emails sent over the low side 
Sometimes were informal discussions that occurred in addition to more formal notification through secure communications, the officials said. One such exchange came just before Christmas in 2011, when the U.S. ambassador sent a short, cryptic note to his boss indicating a drone strike was planned. That sparked a back-and-forth among Mrs. Clinton's senior advisors over the next few days in which it was clear they were having the discussions in part because people were away from their offices for the holiday and didn't have access to a classified computer. The CIA drone campaign, though widely reported in Pakistan, is treated as secret by the U.S. government. Under strict U.S. classification rules, U.S. officials have been barred from discussing strikes publicly and even privately outside of secure communications systems. The State Department in January, the State Department said in January that 22 emails on Mrs. Clinton's personal server at her home have been judged to contain top-secret information and aren't being publicly released. Many of them dealt with whether diplomats concurred or not with the CIA drone strikes, congressional and law enforcement officials said. Several law enforcement officials said they don't expect any criminal charges to be filed as a result of the investigation, although a final review of the evidence will be made only after an expected FBI interview with Mrs. Clinton this summer. You'd think they'd want to do that right now and get it over with. No, no, no. Let's wait till she's the actual nominee, not just the presumptive. Or, or president. Then she can, or that. Then she can pardon herself. Yeah. Okay, ooh, can you do that? Well, she would undoubtedly try. <clears throat> One reason is that government workers at several agencies, including the Departments of Defense, Justice, and State, have occasionally resorted to the low-side system to give each other notice about sensitive but fast-moving events, according to one law enforcement official. When Mrs. Clinton has been asked about the possibility of being criminally charged over the issue, she has repeatedly said, quote, that is not going to happen. She has said it was a mistake to use a personal server for email, but it was a decision she made as a matter of convenience, blah, blah, blah. And she says it's not going to happen because, precisely because Obama just came out and supported her, and like the judge said a moment ago, how in the world can they actually investigate her? Because their boss, the investigators, wants her to be president. There is no way that they can have a fair, honest look at this, ever. She will not get indicted. This is true. No, she, she can't be. Yeah. There's no way now, and yeah. that the Obama just did that. And if she were to get indicted, and I, okay, probably deep in the weeds, back door, you know, going to be buried on a Saturday night behind everything. Uh, he will write something that exempts her from any kind of anything that will cover her. In the event they actually come up with something, she will already be preemptively exonerated. Sure. So that probably has happened, and that's what Obama met with Bernie about. To tell him this is what's up, buddy. That's scary. But it's it's the direction. Well, I would submit that this has probably always been going on. We just don't. Oh, but it's it so much more visible now. And, and obvious. Mm -hmm. And at a certain time, they actually hit it. Um, <clears throat> uh, there, There's a statement that says uh, hypocrisy is the compliment that vice pays to virtue. Mm. Meaning, <clears throat> when you're a hypocrite, you know, you know something is virtuous, and you know doing something against that is wrong, so you are admitting that virtue is virtuous, 
and so you try to cover it up. So for however many years, hypocrisy was was the norm because uh, society wouldn't allow these type of things happening. But at this point, <clears throat> everybody does what is right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. So there's no really such thing as hypocrisy anymore. I mean, look at Trump. I mean, he can look at the things that he says and yeah. and does and, you know, no shame. Uh, they lie continuously, no shame. So they're not even hypocritical anymore. <clears throat> It's true. Russia today. Sorry, that's it. (laughs) Uh, The full Twitter war between Hillary and Trump. Shortly after Obama's endorsement, Donald Trump took to Twitter. This at Real Donald Trump. Obama just endorsed crooked Hillary. He wants four more years of Obama, but nobody else does. It only took a minute for Hillary to reply. This is at Hillary Clinton. Delete your account. (laughs) At which point the RNC chair, Reince Priebus, chimed in with the logical follow-through. He retweeted at Hillary Clinton. If anyone knows how to use the delete key, it's you. (laughs) Which in turn took us back to Trump. And square one at the real at real Donald Trump. How long did it take your staff of 823 people to think that up? And where are your 33,000 emails that you deleted? (laughs) These are all their verified accounts. These are the this is their official accounts. We now wait. This is that must that was at when was that? That was 340 p.m. Eastern today. Well, you know, Hillary didn't do it. It was some lackey. That oh, she doesn't know how to use a computer. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So the word is that she refused a government phone because the only phone she knew how to use was her personal BlackBerry. Oh, okay. As Secretary of State. Only thing she knew how to use. But that was blocked because it's not secure. Mm-hmm. That phone was blocked on the floor her office was at for Secretary of State. She had no communication other than staffers when she needed something apparently she would go down to a couple floors down or wherever where it's clear and then use her device (laughs) or she would have people read her the stuff off the paper read me the report oh um this luddite uh this month a former uh, secret service agent is releasing a tell-all book Ooh, about, about when they were, when Bill was the prez? Yeah. I saw and about how about abominable of a person she is. Well, so I've heard that Secret Service does not want her back. Oh, no. No. That ought to be good for uh, retention. <laughs> <laughs> Something. Yeah. Um, One of the last things we've got... <laughs> This isn't funny at all. It's unfortunate. Alligator killed after being found with man's body in its mouth. An alligator was found in Florida with the body of a dead man in its mouth. Police said they believed the body was in the water for at least a day before it was found on Tuesday in Lake Hunter in Lakeland. The alligator was shot dead by Florida Fish and Wildlife officials. Now, would it, should it, PETA, be upset about that? 
I mean, it's a big alligator to be shot if it could eat a man. Yeah. I mean, did it kill the man or did he die um, and then? Well, the word is that people saw an alligator circling a something in the water uh-huh. a day or so before. Uh-huh. And so I guess now they have found the, the beast. The only thing I know about alligators is from Crocodile Dundee where they take you into this death roll and then they put you under a stump so that you get nice and ripe and <laughs> nasty and then they eat you. So <clears throat> That's very scientific. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, my. Well, this has been a strange, strange episode of the David Allen Show. Um, but, uh, yeah. But fun. Pared down. A little pared down. Yeah. We didn't quite have all the... Bells and rocking, but and, uh, but 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 we were uh, still there. Yes, this is the David Allen Show. Consistency. Hi there, laddie. <clears throat> Episode eighteen. Yep, I'm gonna miss nineteen. Comes to a close. Oh yeah, next uh, next episode we'll have a guest on the show with Ooh. me. <laughs> That'll be interesting. So come back, come on back. Yeah, cowboy. <laughs> <clears throat> Any last words for real? Uh, 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 really? That's it? Don't vote Hillary. Too late. Okay. It's already settled. <laughs> the vote's already in. <laughs> She's it. She might as well just like take over now. Couldn't she just get in and take the presidency mm-hmm. right now? I mean, she's presumptive, and we all know that she's going to win now because she is corrupt. You know, she, she reminds me of a uh, middle-aged... Uh, duchess or royal person uh a lady uh the duchess of bathory i think it is she would uh (laughs) she killed up to 600 young virgins and bathed in their blood so i'm thinking that (laughs) wow um she go on ancestry.com to see if there's any connection well the 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 thank you mormons the actual clinton body count is rather large and growing maybe not 600 but that's Day ain't over yet. It's growing. Yeah. <laughs> this is the David Allen Show. We are davidallenshow.com. On the Countess of Bathory, sorry. David Allen Show at <laughs> gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, on the Facebook at David Allen Show. Uh, on Instagram at David Allen Show. Oh. Uh, did, I don't know what we're putting up there, but hey, we're there. Yeah. Uh, come follow us. Yep. Um, whatever. We take money and bribes. Um, we, we, we prefer money. Yep. Yep. Um, we probably won't tell us. We won't say what you want us to, though. But. <laughs> We'll take it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I think if you're on a crazy Samsung device or an Android device, you can find us on the Google Play Store, David Allen Show. That's kooky. Kooky of the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I-, I will be back. Uh, Alan will be back uh, next next Thursday. Live. Live. Again. Live. Um, and we will be lamenting the absence of David unless um, he decides to... Quit his other duties and come back. But lock anyway, but we will be back together uh, in dos weeks, 20. two weeks in twenty, twenty in twenty episode twenty. The veinte, yes, veinte. Oh. con Dios, my friend. Stay thirsty, <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the David Allen Show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a wonderful night. See you later. See you later.